we're recording in both now. <gasps> exciting. So exciting. Very fun. I'm so freaked out that I've done something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so worried that I fucked this up somehow. And I just, I'm so, hold on. I'm going <laughs> to. All right. <laughs> Great. I think we did it. Oh, fuck. Where's my notes? Okay. Hold on. <laughs> There's so much happening. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording. I love that you never give me a heads up. You're just like, all right, we're recording. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, when are we starting? You just launch right into it. We're going to start now because if we don't start now, we'll never do it because I'll just keep testing <laughs> the new audio setup until the cows come home. And I don't even have cows. <laughs> until someone's cows eventually end up here. S- end up somewhere. Send your cows. <laughs> please I'll don't. You, please I'll do not. I'll give you Aaron's address. This is not this. a bovine safe uh, <laughs> locate. Not a bovine zone. Yeah. No, no, no. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Thick List. <laughs> Welcome back. Season five. Five. The fifth season. Neither three nor four. <laughs> nor six, nor seven, it is five. <laughs> five is the number of the counting. <laughs> the number of the counting shall be five. <laughs> what is this in reference it's to? It's a very badly recalled Monty Python thing. <laughs> I was wondering if it was Monty Python, but I couldn't remember It is. What. I couldn't remember. I. It's a whole bit that I used to have memorized, and it's gone now because I have memory issues. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep learning new things, and so yeah. all the, the things you haven't used in a while are, are yeah, being yeah. Like put on the back. Yeah. So it was like a real... It was as if I had made a really sad, uh, like fake bag of like a knockoff like you know how sometimes you look at designer knockoffs and you're like that's not even close (laughs) did you even try it's like that i didn't really try nor was i successful anyway moving on i loved it (laughs) great uh so season fucking five yeah um we we are trying a new audio setup as you've heard so if there's some hiccups please uh give us some grace but we're hoping that it's not hiccups and it's all it's all good yeah God, do I hope I didn't fuck anything up. I'm the one behind the sound mixer. It's a mixer, guys. <laughs> and if anything is wrong, then it's my fault. Yeah, we will all be blaming Aaron. As uh, you as should. Co- as a community, if you're on the Fickless Discord and you hear this <laughs> and it doesn't sound great, we're all gonna sh- we're all gonna shout out Aaron. Yeah, you'll just go shame, 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 shame <laughs> and like chant. Um, speaking of the Fickless Discord, there's so much to catch up on. Yeah. In this year episode, and I don't know if we should save it for the. <laughs> or do it now or just like pepper it in like little surprises well, like little nuggets along the way i think we could probably do a mix so okay. i think there's some things we can talk about like for one we we have a discord now we do we've had a lot we've been okay we've been on break for how many months well in theory <laughs> we, took, we started hiatus in uh, end of january or mid january Jan- yeah and it is now early may mid-may <laughs> surprise. surprise happy mother's day to all the mothers uh, out there yike okay uh, yeah it is literally mother's day anyway um yeah so that's like f- five months thereabouts yeah i'm also Four-ish bad at math months. now yeah okay so in those four five the number of the counting shall be five <laughs> months uh we've we've started a discord server yes 
I'm on there. Mm-hmm. Alan isn't really. I I am much <laughs> much like my TikTok presence, a cryptid. Yeah, yeah. Like our own social media. Somebody did genuinely post on our TikTok. Will we ever see more of Alan? No. And I said, I'll try. And they said, Okay. Oh. <laughs> so you have been requested. I am so sorry, you all. I'm just so bad at it. I'm like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, he's a shy I lurk. boy. I react to certain things where I'm like, oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> just, and it's like things that were posted like days ago because I also don't have notifications on on my phone. So I'm like, that was fun from a week ago. And I just throw a little heart on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a shy boy. I'm a shy boy. It's OK. I'm not. <laughs> I'm neither shy nor a boy. Uh, and so, yeah. So there's a discord. It is 18 plus like straight up up front that is like a thing so if you hear <laughs> Fickless Discord I want to participate awesome you totally can but just bear in mind that it's 18 plus because there's a whole channel that's called Let's Be Horny mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Let's Be Real it is not contained <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, that's everywhere there's swearing there's smut it is what it is and I was like mm, not with children in the space like no 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 so it is an 18 plus discord but it is really fun it's mostly all like old magicians friends and a couple of fandom friends that we've made along the way folks that we tested it out with some folks from tiktok who were mutuals who we kind of trusted and knew a soft launch yeah and we're just like all right let's give it a shot and it seems to be going really well it's been really fun so that's a thing that we do now yeah Thanks to Mai for all of her help with yes. setting that up and with moderating. Because, yeah. wow, Long that was a whole different guess. sphere that Mai just leaned in and helped oh, with. Thank God, because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But longtime listeners of the podcast will know and love the name Mai. Yeah. Hi, Mai. We Hi, love Mai. you. Um, <laughs> Mai is our moderator for the Discord. And I was like, how do I do this? And within five minutes, she was like, I've set up all the things. I just need your permission to do X, X, and X. And I was like, how do I give you permission? She would go into settings. And I was like, great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that was how it all went and it was really really good it worked out great it's a lot of fun it is a lot of fun it is like really genuinely super fun and i'm glad that there's other people in it now originally it was just like people that we it was like us and my yeah and like two other people and so it was pretty dead but like we're starting to get people who i don't know directly necessarily Mm -hmm. like tiktok folks in general who like i'm maybe not super close to so it's been really fun to just sort of like learn new things and Mm -hmm. see what people are into and yeah it's been super fun yeah Another thing we've done during our hiatus yeah. <laughs> was uh, we went to another con. We did. A we, whole other con. <laughs> a whole other con in a whole other part of the country. We went to C2E2. C2E2. Uh, there's a longer name that we're supposed to say for it, but they didn't pay us, so I don't really <laughs> care. <laughs> they were like, we don't like being referred to as C2E2. And we were like, Chicago Chicago Comic. Chicago Comic and Entertainment Exposition. I think wow. is what it is. That sounds right. Something like I'll that. I'll believe it. It was fun. <laughs> I had, had a great time. Grand old time. Also, surprisingly horny experience. They were, oh my god. <laughs> Chicago is horny <laughs> AF. Y'all, when I tell you we went to a burlesque show, <laughs> like a nerdlesque show yeah. after hours, we did. there was like we went to oh my god, we went to a, a hentai panel. Yeah. Okay, not to bur- like not to like completely gloss over the <laughs> nerd burlesque show fucking fantastic yeah stellar hilarious had such a great time um one person did a whole burlesque routine as king kong in the gorilla <laughs> outfit left the gorilla mask on 
to the bitter end. Oh my god! And yes. it was really really good. There was like somebody doing, um, I think it's the Fifth Element, maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah, the like really difficult song, like the one that was. Oh like, yeah, the yeah. aria. Yeah. yeah, and did a whole routine to that, and at the end, like turned on all these LED lights that they had in their outfit, and like just did a whole thing in the dark with just the LEDs. Yes. Baller! It was so good. It's so much fun. And then we did, in fact, go to a hentai panel, which was fr- surprisingly disappointing. It really, really <laughs> was. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just. It, have you ever been trapped in a room with a tr- with a ton of horny people watching hentai on a projected screen? It's like you fear for your life at a moment. You're like clutching your pearls and you're like, yeah. am I going to make it out of this space alive? Yeah, but also like it felt like we were all collectively a little bit cock-blocked because it, like I was expecting like a very like well thought out and like provocative i was expecting provocative sure i was like it's hentai if i do not see some like disgusting shit in the next hour like what is the point true um but like the moderator like was i guess doing their best but like didn't really put a whole lot of planning into it so it felt very off the cuff and very very sort of like throwing stuff at the wall and making the same joke over and over which was kind of a bummer because i was like you have a room full of people who are super down for what you're talking about it was it was a bit of a miss but it was fun it was cool that there was so many like varied um panels to go to that was super fun and overall total win of a weekend we had a great time our panel surprisingly well like i always we always go into any panel and we're like if two people show up we've succeeded Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we're always like we're not popular no one knows who we are (laughs) we still are like very much the like in our heads like no one no one listens to this podcast but like a fair number of people do come to find out and also if you don't listen to the podcast we are really good at putting together panels that are attractive Uh and then end up living up to what the expectation is or exceeding expectations we set the bar on the floor and then we do a running leap and just like we're good at events yeah so that is super nice and we had probably a crowd of like 35 or 40 on a sunday afternoon literally one of the last panels of the yeah. weekend yeah like we left pretty much immediately after our panel ended because we were like we got to get to the airport <laughs> we got to get your plane yeah we got to go but it was absolutely bonkers to me and we ended they gave us 60 minutes of content time which is 15 minutes more than we usually prep for mm-hmm. and we were like well we'll do our usual sort of shtick and then at the end if we have time to spare we'll open the table up for you know open it up for questions and then we'll probably just go because at the end of the day like how many people are going to really have questions yeah. we had a line of people <laughs> with incredibly thoughtful and interesting questions who asked like we wanted to talk to them more i was like i wish we had done more time for questions mm-hmm. because people had such great insights to talk about or like really like complicated things to discuss that like required more nuanced answers than we were able to give in 30 Mm -hmm. seconds i was like fuck you guys are cool as shit (laughs) and i want to hang out with every single one of you now so if you were at that panel like thank you thank you from the bottom of our hearts because we had a fantastic time and we do want to go back yeah thanks for coming and spending your your sunday afternoon with us yeah it was great here's to next year maybe a saturday fingers crossed yeah we'll see yeah, we're also hoping it might parlay into New York. Yeah, fingers crossed. Did yeah. you see that email? I did. It's in the inbox right now. Yeah, I saw it come in and I was like, oh, that's going to be fun for Eric. It is. <laughs> so we're going to have to work on it. We're going to put in some, we're actually going to put in a couple of different ideas to New York and stay tuned because we have no idea if any of it's going to go or we'll not. Fly. We'll fun. see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If not, we're already confirmed for AwesomeCon, so you're, you're in the D.C. area. Yep. Um. When's our panel? Is it on that Friday? It is. It's Friday night, and we are featured perf- like featured panelists. We're featured? Oh, yeah. We've what been does on- that mean? We've been on the website for months. Oh, true. Yeah. 
which was hilarious because okay so uh, last year as you may recall friends uh we did a panel at dc awesome con that was otp or no tp a battle cosplay pairings whatever yeah and a tournament of cosplay pairings excuse me and uh, yeah thank you and it went really 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 well it was chaos incarnate but um we wound up with uh blackbeard from our flag means death and Mm -hmm. the joker like the the newer version of the joker yeah Yeah, as our final ship to end all ships and we gave them paper walmart crowns (laughs) and fairy wands that we got from the discounted price it was glorious (laughs) it was so cheap (laughs) and we gave out candy and it was just like so stupid but it was so fun and everybody was like, that was the most fun cosplay thing I've ever been to. I love that it wasn't this like really intense com- like competition. It had nothing to do with the quality of cosplay. It was just stupidity abounded. And we were like, <laughs> perfect. That's our brand. And so this year um, we reached out to AwesomeCon again, or they reached out to us. And we were like, well, what do you want us to do? Because this will be our third year, fourth year. I think it's our third. third. It'll be our third awesome con. Yeah. And we were like, well, do you want us to do the same thing? Do you want us to do something new? And they were like let's do the same thing but we'll give you a bigger stage and i was like uh okay (laughs) and they were like oh by the way can you send us uh your photos from last year and also the the description and i was like okay and so we sent stuff over and then caitlin texted me was like did you know that we're on the website (laughs) and i was like i didn't even know we were confirmed panelists (laughs) i guess they're gonna have us and so we've just been sitting there like we're featured program like we are gonna do like we're part of the marketing and they hadn't even told us we were coming back yet which was wild but like super grateful for the opportunity they're Mm -hmm. giving us double the amount of time fun which we're we still need to have a zoom call about frankly have a conversation about yeah, what we do with that. we're gonna figure that one out i think we're gonna vamp a little bit more than we did last year yeah. but that's okay <laughs> we're gonna do a little bit more prep this year than we did last year yep, yep, yep. Uh, last year we just won it a little and that was fine for 45 minutes but now we have an hour and a half and we can't fuck that up you can't you can't really <laughs> wung uh, an hour and a half yeah we can try to, <laughs> yeah, right. to, we'll to give it our it. best shot yeah but i sure. don't think we're that funny <laughs> fucking rude uh, i'm not i'm certainly i'm gonna run out of shit to say this is this is my time i've got my my stand-up list yeah. my stand-up jokes that i've been meaning to try out so i'll just go oh through God. some of that for an hour so yeah that's we're doing a lot of events we're doing a lot of stuff even though we haven't done episodes in a while yeah we've we've been active is what we're saying yeah it's just it hasn't been episodes but that's that's in the past we're here now we are here now i think do we want to like how are you aaron like i feel like we, oh, jump into the, we <laughs> some people who may not have not listened to us since you know <laughs> january might be curious yeah i'm good <laughs> everything's fine you know i have a new job which is good um i'm a little worried about the debt ceiling crisis which isn't good mm-hmm, <laughs> um yeah. i would love to live through some precedented times mm. <laughs> just once um i feel like as millennials we've we've seen a lot and i didn't really need this one to be checked off the little bingo card of um apocalyptic american bullshit that we were gonna do but you know as of the recording of this podcast, we still have a debt ceiling, so... <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, yeah, we're fine. That's How great. about you, Alan? How are you doing? Um, I'm okay. Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm good mostly. Yeah. I think work's just been a little stressful recently. Yeah. You've been um, doing a lot. Yeah. It's it, I, It's hard because I, I, I've been at my job now for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, congrats to me. <laughs> little flag. <laughs> congrats to me. Congratulations to you, Alan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you were like, it's just of one of those like situations where I was like, I can't believe it's been a year, but also, wow, it, it I, I feel like it's been here longer and less than a year, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. And also, I just, 
It's conflicting because I love my new job. I love like uh, the care that is given to uh, the staff and I feel very cared for. Mm -hmm. However, we're small and we're doing a lot. And so it feels like we're always just grinding like our nose to the to the grindstone it, it just mm-hmm. it feels like I, it never ends and it's just hard to like kind of try to live with that like i am happy with the environment but the work part of it is starting to feel a little something has to give like unfeasible right yeah um bummer yeah but i think you know i'm hoping that things slow down hopefully um closer to summer but otherwise, good. Yeah, I feel like I've I've made a lot of uh, steps in my self development. I feel more like centered as a human person. I, I feel love like that for you. yeah. La- I, there was a there was a really rough spot of mm-hmm. like two to three. Years. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the last. Uh, how long has it been since 1990? <laughs> it does. It is a bit of a joke, but also like not really that far oh, yeah. of an exaggeration. Oh, I for feel sure. like. For the last year and a half, maybe even yeah. two, I would say I feel like I was it was very touch and go for me where I would yeah. like I was so depressed and I would wake up on some days and just be like really depressed for like mm-hmm. three to four days and then be back to like usual like mm-hmm. bubbly like, OK, I'm, this is good. Yeah. And I'd be good for a week and then down for another three to four days. And it just felt like that was the rhythm yeah. of my life. And I was like, I guess that's just life with depression. I just I think I just haven't done enough healing yet. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> Yeah. It might be life with depression, but yes. also you can just like get treatment for that. That is very true. I say just. I don't mean just get treatment for that. Please do not take <laughs> it that way. Um, but you can be treated for depression and hopefully things will improve. Thank you. That is a very good point. Yeah. I feel like I I was living under the impression that I had gotten my depression as as under control as it was going to be. Ah, but um, you'd like plateaued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I just, I think to, it, it, was, it had to do with my, like, my job and I felt like super confident. There was a point in which we had like a really big event i just felt Mm -hmm. super like i knew what i was doing and it like things clicked and i felt more like oh i am imperfect in a lot of different senses but that doesn't mean that i don't have value as a human person correct and so now i'm operating under like mostly i'm good most of the time every now and then i'm i'm i have a moment Mm -hmm. but then we get up and then we kind of keep going and now i'm going like weeks between like depressive episodes which is awesome so i feel like yeah really good stressed at work but overall, <laughs> it's overall an improvement. Good. That's really good. Yeah. We love growth. We love growth. Character and, development. Yeah. And like incremental growth is still growth. We've talked about this before. That's true. It's like slow and steady wins the race. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yay. I appreciate that. I feel like my mental health has been significantly better than I since I got my new job. Yeah. Like there has been a market improvement. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you can tell. I feel like I'm myself again. Yes. And if in my case, like a lot of my mental health problems were deeply circumstantial. Mm. Like it's not always true that changing the circumstances of your life will like fix some of the stuff that you're going through. Cause some of it can be like chemical in my particular case. I was depressed because I was so burnt out, like so deeply, deeply worn down by the circumstances of my life that changing those circumstances had made me be like, Oh, everything is great. Um, not to say that you can buy happiness, but money helps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like uh, a super thousand helps. percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what you can buy with money? Comfort. Right. <laughs> um, time. A, a roof over your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time. Food. Yeah. It's great. Um, and you know the security of knowing that I'm probably not going to like lose my apartment anytime soon, mm-hmm. like things like that. So yeah, it's been a real, real steady improvement, and I can actually like I've been sleeping again. Yeah. There was I we talked about this. There was a period of time where I was not sleeping, and it yep. was really, really bad, and it was just really painful. Like I've gone started going back to the gym. 
Ooh, look at her. The gym. I am picking things up. I am putting them down. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going, woohoo. I picked them up and I put them down. I'm mostly doing it out of spite. <laughs> but spite is a hell of a motivator. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I want to be strong. <laughs> I want to be like, I want to be like Scorpio. That's who I yes. want to be like. I want to be able to pick up my friends and yeet them around. <laughs> and I, I just feel better. And I was like, I, in order to get to the gym, I have to get up at six. And so it's been something that I've been able to do. So I've been able to go to bed and able to wake up. Yes. And like that just was not even remotely in the cards last year. Um, so it's been a really, really significant improvement. And in my case, it was very much aided by changes in circumstance Yeah, that I got very sort of lucky to have. And it worked out really great. Well, also like, but you, you made that happen. You know, you, you applied and you did That's the true. interview and like you made the change that you needed in order to yeah. have a life that feels more yeah. authentic to who you are. So That's kudos true. to you. Thank you. Combination of, you know, opportunity presented itself mm-hmm. and work was put in to make the opportunity happen. Yeah. That combo of things. We love it. We do. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're like, and now, and <laughs> now Ta-da! we welcome for <laughs> the big show, the show 25 minutes into the recording so let me ask you Erin uh, I know we do we usually don't follow like a tag for the first uh, episode back on a season what are we doing this year um so in the past we've always been like we're just gonna do vague pride fic we're gonna do gay shit yes <laughs> which is what we should do always Correct. always yeah. if you have the opportunity to do gay shit you should in this particular case we did decide to choose a specific tag and i think it's gonna be litty titty (laughs) it's gonna be real intense we're doing coming out fic yes happy pride motherfuckers pride (laughs) motherfuckers yeah i love pride oh my gosh it's so exciting every year i go down the same i love pride (laughs) and it's like yeah i know (laughs) we've heard we've heard that's not new information from you Aaron. but still it only comes around once a year you know if you're a coward oh (laughs) Pride is every day, damn it. You know what? Touche. Touche. Don't forget about Pride 2, Electric Spookaloo, coming in a couple of months. Uh, yep, I'm currently wearing my Target Pride overalls. Cute. Happy about. I did not even notice. Yeah, I like them. They're very subtle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's adorable. They got the little hearts on the tummy. They're yeah. They're essentially it's a black um, like overall situation, and then you've got some very cute. Uh, rainbow color like hearts or hearts in every color of the rainbow yeah the one thing i don't love and target i think we need to have some words is that um there's no ace pride Mm. in their collection like at all devastating and i was there's not even purple hearts on my tummy right now Uh, i was like that's in the flag yeah yeah like where'd purple go (laughs) where'd it go you got rid of it there's like it stops at blue yeah i was wondering i was like i think there's a color (laughs) And it's my color. Oh, no. You fuckers. Which I knew when I bought. I was like, all right, fine. And then I also got the little collar pin thing that has the flags. Doesn't have the ace flag on it. Oh. And I was like, I'm glad it has the trans and non-binary flags on it. Sure. And I'm glad that it has a bi flag on it. But I would love an ace flag on a thing that I'm going to put on my ace body. Yeah. Uh, So that was kind of a bummer. So Target, next year, you and I should talk. Yeah. um, And we'll do some designs with some ace flag. Um, And the A-row flag would be great, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Because... They, they, there's never an arrow flag on anything. It's true. Listeners, I would love to hear uh, lo- what would you want to design for like a pride collection at Target? What would, so what would you want? Uh, coming out. Pride things. Yes. Woohoo. Um, are we going to talk about our own coming out stories now? Are oh, we going to talk about the fix? fucking phenomenal question. Yeah. 
Um, I have so many questions. We didn't talk about this at all before we turned re- the recording on. <laughs> when do we ever? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Fick List. Welcome to the Fick List. Um, I think that... We probably don't have the copyright to it's that. It's fine. We <laughs> only did... We did less than 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't think that's a real rule. <laughs> that's, the, that's the true legal rule. I, as a copyright lawyer, know... <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> I'm not a copyright yeah, that, lawyer. <laughs> that was Erin's big change. She became a lawyer. <laughs> that's why she's like, all oh, this uh, financial security. Um. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, back to the question at hand. <laughs> back, Man, we are this episode meandering. is never going to happen. Yeah, we're never getting this no. out. <laughs> we're still in the closet. <laughs> Oh, no. Oops. It's just hard to take that step, you know? Yeah, it's really tough. Um, I think that maybe let's talk about it now. Okay. Yeah. How'd you come out, Alan? <laughs> what a phenomenal question. Um, Did you? Yeah. I actually don't know that I know this story from you. Well, because I... We don't really talk about it. I would, re- I would have a really hard time, like, pinpointing mm. when I would say, like, I came out. I think I'm one of those people that I kind of always knew, mm-hmm. and my insecurities never had to deal with my mm. sexuality. I was always insecure about my body and all ah. of those other kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So to me, that took up the brain space. And then the gay thing, I was like, yeah, of course, just <laughs> add it to the pile. We'll deal with it later. <laughs> the gay thing was secondary. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, whatever. All right, so fine. So I did, I think... In in seventh grade, I came out as bi. Yep. Yeah, which I I know I you know mm-hmm. it was a different time and hey, yeah. it is totally fine. That wasn't a uh, of just just no, it, it was an uh of I did the same thing. Oh, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> I also fair. did that. It's yeah. just I I I don't like the idea of like the way I've always said it before was like oh I like used that like stepping stone because mm-hmm. I I think I was like seventy five to eighty percent sure I was like gay gay. Right. But I also had not had any relationships. Mm. So I was like, maybe I just haven't met the right person. Yeah. And so I dated my best friend when I was a freshman in high school. And when I did not feel anything past platonic, I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> That's <laughs> not good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so then I had to come out there. Um, I think, yeah. So I think there's just, it, it was always, it was kind of a rolling come out, coming out yeah. process for me. I remember the time I, the, like the, when I told my parents, I told my, my mom found out first mm. from a, <laughs> oh, this is uh, dark. Uh-oh. It's, it's sorry. The content warning for some, like it, I'm in a, like, a better place now but when my mom found out that i was uh that i liked men was i was in the seventh grade and i was in like acutely depressed and Ooh. like was writing really bad poetry about uh, one of my friends that i had feelings mm-hmm. for and i it was also in the same poetry i was talking about how i was you know idealizing some things i should not have been idealizing mm. um I think I know where that's yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to push it yeah, any yeah. further than that. That's okay. I just, I, you know, it's weird to talk about. I and I'm not in that, yeah. po- I, not in that place in my life anymore. But it was yeah. a, a moment in which I was just acutely depressed and felt super alone. Right. And my mom found the poem, and to her credit, she when she came up to me and talked to me about the poem, I told her about that, and she's like, "That's not what I care about. It's the right. other part in this poem." I was like, "Oh yeah." yeah. And then we had a good cry, and uh, yeah. that was how I came out to my mother. Good mom. Yeah. And then a few years later, um, my mom was like, "You should talk to your father," and I was like, "I don't know. I feel uncomfortable." around him and she's like okay and I was like and I told her please don't tell him that and she said yeah of course I would never mm-hmm. and then the next day my dad was outside house oh, no. asked to talk to me and we were, in right. the, we were in the car and he's like your mom says you feel uncomfortable around you me. win some you lose some I guess <laughs> yep 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 and it was this, it was one of the most like traumatic experiences because it was so like sorry. it's okay like my father 
like started crying and he was like you know i'm still in this country because of you like i left all of my family in in mexico Mm. and i'm here because of you and your brother and it really hurts to hear that you feel uncomfortable around me and then i had to be like okay well i'm not like i'm not being a dick but also i i am gay and you have made your your feelings about that amongst you know i grew up listening to a lot of like mexican slurs Mm -hmm. for it right um and i was like so i was like that's 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 my truth and his 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 first reaction was should we get you like counseling (laughs) or something Um, i was like yes but not for that (laughs) i was like that's not a thing that can change this is a complicated answer (laughs) exactly (laughs) i don't want you to think that it's a yes because of gay it's a yes because deeply deeply unwell yeah exactly not related to the gay thing (laughs) but to his credit afterwards he was like i i love you you're my son yeah. and that nothing's gonna change that and it was it was great yeah. and then i felt like some yeah. healing had begun but then true true to nature we just haven't talked about it since then and yeah. it's been a good like 10 11 years and yeah. so i still don't quite know where i stand with him yeah so that, those were kind of my coming out experiences what about you aaron yours <sighs> must have been wild <laughs> uh you say that and i don't know that it, well i don't think it's wild but i lived it so <laughs> maybe it's not i'm sorry that that happened to you i'm also glad that it worked out well for you and that it wasn't worse i guess like that sounds like a <laughs> shitty thing to say but like obviously coming out can be very dangerous yeah, and i'm glad absolutely. that it was not you were not in danger mm-hmm. um in my case i knew uh <laughs> this is a thing i've never admitted before to literally anyone so this is a fic list exclusive oh. i found porn really early like very very early as a kid i like think like first or second grade early yeah and because it was the internet like the internet then was like very wild wild west um and it was always women Mm. which i didn't think about (laughs) at all as a child until uh much later and then so fast forward several years i've i've been consuming explicit material for the sort of majority of my young life um but i was (laughs) This is a hard left turn. I'm so sorry. No, you're so good. I was in religion class in Catholic high school. Oh my God. This is going to be a very different end of the sentence that you think it's going to be. Someone else came out in class. Aww. And it was a very, very moving moment. Yeah. Uh, he was very, very brave to do so. Mm-hmm. It was not something that was easily done in that era. This was the era of, you know, everything is so gay. And mm. like this was the, you know, probably 2009, 2010 or so. Wow. So it was sort of peak, yeah. like culturally, like we're just starting to accept that like gay people are a thing mm. <laughs> in a way that is like culturally relevant, but we're still deeply homophobic. Uh, we're not having conversations about transness or gender identity on the broader cultural scale. It's still like Ace Ventura joke era. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not a good time to (laughs) to, like deal with this identity stuff. And as we sort of ended the class, a lot of us went up to the student who had come out and I gave him a hug and I whispered in his ear, me too. And he gave me a big hug and was like, all right, cool. I immediately came out to all of my friends because yes. <laughs> I have never been able to keep my own secrets. <laughs> Not once. Once I have a like realization of something, it's over. I have yeah. to talk about it. And uh, hence podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and everybody was super chill. I think I'm, all of us have come out as queer later. This is a thing that happens. Right. We had like, you know, secretly found each other and not, I don't think any of us mm. really realized that we were queer. Anyway, totally fine. We get to the end of my senior year. Um, I didn't really come out with a label. I think I mostly landed on bi because I was confused. Like, I knew I wasn't straight. Right. And the only option for not straight that I was aware of at the time was bi. Yeah. 
which felt fair. pretty culturally true. That's where we were in, yeah. in that moment. Yeah. yeah. It was like, you're either gay or not. And then if you're not gay or not, I think if you were had a little bit more nuanced conversation or understanding of queerness, then you were talking about being bi. Mm-hmm. Um, and right before I graduated high school, I was in the car with my mother. All of these conversations happening, cars with me, important conversations. We went to Burger King for dinner. Aww. It's important to know that there was Burger King in the <laughs> Burger car. Burger King was involved. And I had sponsors. Yeah, I forget what I said, but I did tell her that I was by. Yeah. And she dropped her giant soda on her lap in the <laughs> car. Oh, no. Most of it stayed in the cup, which That's was good. good. But I, she was very, very surprised, and she dropped it. And then she went, "Okay, is this why you're going to women's college?" <laughs> <laughs> and i said no but it's not not why <laughs> <laughs> but it may have played a factor it may have been one of the factors and she was like of course she's like that's totally fine i don't think she was surprised like sure. i think she was surprised i told her yeah i like my i'm pretty sure everybody clocked me as queer long before i ever really clocked myself mm. um pretty sure everybody knew i was because you know, i never dated or whatever it was sure. like wasn't a thing uh, fast forward to college several years later i was out as queer and like didn't really love labels whatever um discovered asexuality and was like oh <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and a friend was doing a project on queerness in theater and i was in my dorm room mary was like my best friend uh in college and best friend now hi uh was like in the room we were just like dicking around and i was doing this interview for this project and that was the first time i was like i'm asexual and it just kind of happened oh that was like it it hadn't really landed for me before mm-hmm. that moment i was like oh this is the thing and when the friend who was doing the project left mary was like are you and i went yeah i think so and that was just kind of it and ever since then, I've been queer and ace. Love that. Um, I did <laughs> a couple years ago. I didn't really tell anyone else. I didn't make like a whole thing of it. I just lived my queer little journey. And I was like, if other people can't figure out what all the rainbows mean, that's on them. Right. Like I, at this point, I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with this. And I don't usually come out as asexual to people unless I know and trust them because sure. a lot of people have weird reactions to asexuality, yeah. including f- like friends of mine have mm. been kind of shitty about it in the past. Right. So I was like, let's not do right. this unless I'm in like very specific unrelated. I recently came out to my mom as ace and she was like, Oh yeah. Like my cousin, her cousin. And I was like, what? And she was like, <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about like my cousin. And I was like, oh. And she was like, great, that makes sense. Aww. I'm super chill. I fucking love my mom. Yes, we love Um, your mom. Yeah, she's so good. I think she gets that more than she gets queer, honestly. (laughs) She's like, I don't know. She's like, the word queer has connotations for her. Anyway. So I did, however, a couple years ago have, there was a conversation happening at a Thanksgiving dinner table, and somebody used the word fairies to describe a group of people. Ah. And I said, yeah, me and all the other fairies in D.C. person's name who was being an asshole. Yeah. And the silence at that (laughs) dinner table. And I was like, okay, great. And everybody moved on. And then my aunt came up to me and was like, did you just come out of my dinner? (laughs) And I was like, did you not know? And you're like, no, I wish you had told me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I really thought you knew. (laughs) She was like, I mean, I kind of (laughs) guessed. Right, I had my thoughts. Yeah. um, And then none of the men at that table picked up on it. Not one. So I, to this day, don't know if my dad knows I'm queer. But at this point, it's a joke. It's like how long. Until the penny drops. He must know. He must. I bet he he probably like knows deep down, but I don't know if he like intellectually has made that leap. There's a piece of me that I'm like, 
if he doesn't know by now, that's his fault. That's on him. Yeah. yeah that's a lack of cr- critical comprehension skills <laughs> that I just can't help you with. Right. Um, Beyond help. Yeah. My male cousin was very surprised by me talking about a crush on a girl. At one point he went, a girl. And I was like, where have you been? <laughs> I came out to your face at the Thanksgiving table two right. years ago. <laughs> like, this is not new information. Oh, man. Yeah. And then I just kind of live my life out. Like, I don't I don't really do, like, big coming outs anywhere yeah. anymore. It's just, like, one of those things. And that's what I think one of the things that people don't talk about is that there is the coming out. Mm-hmm. And then there is being out. Yeah. And, like, all the sort of, like, mini coming outs that happen over the course of your life. And it's yeah. just a process of determining how out you want to be at any given point in time. Mm-hmm. And who you're comfortable with and who knows what and what's safe to be out. Like I said, I often don't come out as ace because it's harder to explain for yeah. a lot of people. It's a whole bummer of a it, thing. It, it's we'll actually talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah. Anyway. So that, that's our that's our coming out That's stories. our coming out, yeah. We're 42 minutes into the episode and we have not talked fanfic yet. We'll cut yet. so much of We're that. We're going to cut a lot of it. So much of it. Or not. Fuck it. Fuck it. It's the first episode <laughs> back. It's We pride. have to catch you all up. It's pride. There's so much happening. You yeah. Know? We'll just speed through the summaries so we can talk about mm-hmm. the fix. Yeah. <laughs> something that we're both known <laughs> for excelling notoriously at. good at yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay okay i think you should go first with the fic that i sent you okay i was gonna ask that question because both are really sort of long and have interesting things to talk about i agree yeah, yeah. um okay so coming out fan fiction mm-hmm. what did Getting... i send you here <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh you sent me a fic called south downs it is by Summer of Spock on Archive of Our Own, a.k.a. AO3, the fanfiction website. <laughs> uh, for anyone who's new here, that is a very, very good place to begin your uh, fanfiction journey mm-hmm. if you're interested in reading fanfiction. The fandom, dear friends, is Good Omens, parentheses, TV, yeah. parentheses. Woohoo! Unfortunately, I haven't seen Good Omens. Devastating. <laughs> yeah, real bummer. I'm sorry, Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> I very recently watched it. Oh, really? Specifically because I was looking... As everyone who, as listeners of the show may know, I oftentimes have to go and search for my fix because yeah. I don't have a backlog. Fair. So I was looking through mm-hmm. like coming out tags and I came across this summary, which you're about to read. And I was yeah. like, I need that to work because <laughs> right. I was so intrigued by yeah. the summary. 100%. So I watched Good Omens, loved it, and then came back and said, all right, it's going to do. It's so fun. Such a good show. And season two's just been announced coming end of July for anyone who uh, is a fan. Yeah, I did see that recently that it is coming back, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. I wonder, um, I assume it's not impacted by the writer's strike then, which is also ongoing, LOL, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which we haven't talked about at all. That's a great uh, question. Solidarity forever. I'm now in a union job, so fuck yeah, writers. Yeah. Uh, fuck everything. Every project should yeah. lay dormant until they get their pay. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. That's a great question. I don't know. I yeah, mean, we'll find out. Yeah, it's written already, but I know Stranger that w- Things has uh, shut down production until. Yeah, but the, I know. I, yeah, I wonder what all is going to end up being affected and I when. I think it'll be fine is. if they just never do Stranger Things season five. They could just leave it fanfic. <laughs> it'll be all right. Maybe. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway. Anyway. Um. So the summary for this fic that you sent me is uh, as is as follows. Blackballed from the industry 10 years ago, Anthony Crowley jumps at the chance to star in a new Regency romance miniseries with well-known gay actor. <laughs> a zero fail. A zero fail. I'm gonna fuck that up every okay. time. Also, it's it's uh, Crowley. Crowley. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had that one in the bag. Yeah, it's it's one of those deceptive ones, but he makes a point of it in the show. God damn it! All right, uh, Crow, 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 like the bird, like the bird. Crowley jumps at the chance to start a new Regency romance miniseries with well-known gay actor. A zero fail. 
yeah. fell in the hopes that it will help him restart his career. The trouble is Crowley has played all sorts of characters and for the life of him, he can't figure out why he's struggling to play the romantic lead opposite a man. Fascinating. <laughs> it's as good as it sounds. Thankfully, just so you know, this is a great fic on many, many fronts. Some notes. I took some notes. I'm going to try to pull up the fix. That way I have it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I think it's helpful to just sort of like scoop through a little bit. Hold on, everybody. Okay. Uh, So some noteworthy tags also listed in this fan fiction. Uh, It's a human and actor AU. So it's like they're humans. They're not the demon and the angel. They are actors, obviously, as the summary would imply. (laughs) My favorite one. One instance of embarrassed spaghetti dancing (laughs) and himbo Gabriel parentheses good omens. (laughs) I needed to specify. I thought that was so funny. Um, I did notice that it was 19 chapters and wrote 19 chapters. You sneaky motherfucker because our cap is 20. (laughs) Oh, I forgot we had a cap. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) I'm assigning sneaky sneaky. I looked at the word count and I was like, it's close enough to what she sent me. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's fair. I did dig my own grave a little bit on this one. My first note is, I know fuck all about good omens other than David Tennant demon and Martin Sheen angel, parentheses, in fun outfits. <laughs> that's what I wrote. Yeah. That's all I really know. That's all you need to know. So the real sort of like broad stroke summary of this is that they are obviously both actors. Crowley has been blackballed from the industry because he tried to speak out against sort of a Harvey Weinstein type sexual abuser, producer, um, who was later, you know, significantly later after his career sort of stalled, um, exposed for being a predator. But he had blackballed him from the industry. So he, you know, his career stalled out after being on this rise as like an action star, you know, well-known, you know, very well-liked, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Aziraphale is a gay actor. He's out. He's producing and starring in a Regency-era romance adaptation called South Downs. Mm -hmm. And the director specifically wants Crowley. Because he has seen him in Agent Cobra, (laughs) (laughs) the movie that he, you know, that Crowley was in that made him famous. Mm -hmm. But Ezreal is a little skeptical of this to start and is like, "Mm, I don't know. He threw up on Olivia Coleman's shoes that one time (laughs) and like was on a bender. Actually, what happened is he had food poisoning and Crowley's like, Jesus Christ, will I never live, uh, like live down the food poisoning in Olivia Coleman's (laughs) shoes? And it's a recurring joke and it's very funny. But, you know, he gets the job and Crowley's like, I cannot fuck this up. He has a moment, he's reading the script and like his agent sends it to him. He's like, he has a script, don't fuck this up. And he reads it and he's like, he realizes that it's a gay role. And he kind of has this like little bitty hesitancy, some like internalized homophobia stuff. Mm -hmm. But he's like, fuck, a gig is a gig. I'm never going to get this again. This is huge. Like, I have to take this. And like, it's not that gay. It'll be fine. (laughs) Everything will be okay. Um, he's broke as shit. <laughs> um, and I wrote, I'm sure there are so many fun callbacks to canon for people who know the canon. LOL. Um, there is. Yeah. But I just didn't know it. Yeah. So that's sort fair. of, yeah, but that's sort of the premise of the mm-hmm. thing, right? They go to their first read through as a cast and that's where they meet. And Xerophil underestimates Crowley like right from the jump. And right. it's a little bit of an enemies to lovers thing, but it's really not. Like it's just him going off of his reputation. Mm-hmm. Oh, another important thing. I skipped this. This is a critical information to know. When he gets the offer and he sees the paycheck amount, he sort of goes like, he's <laughs> like, holy shit, this is a lot of money. And his first instinct is, I could get a cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I said, did you not know that you're queer? <laughs> that's your first instinct, just to get a fucking cat. He goes, I'm going to get Beans the cat. Beans the cat. Beans the cat. And I was like, I love 
this impulse for you, Crowley. <laughs> You're so fantastic. So anyway, they're going to their first read through. He meets the he meets the cast. Everybody's pretty hesitant about him. He also has a migraine, so mm-hmm. he appears to be potentially hungover. And I thought it was really, really smart of this author to use the angel demon setup right away mm-hmm. to be like the established, well loved, openly queer, like beloved online actor who's already like as Aziraphale already knows basically everybody in the crew. He's like worked with them before and like has this you know immaculate rep- like reputation. Angel versus Crowley, who has been really demonized by the media and like has no good reputation anymore and like comes in with like a poor poor first impression and just like has to overcome that and i thought that was a really smart way of establishing that dynamic like from the jump he shows up in the sunglasses i think the authors don't was like i just had to find out figure out a way to put him in those stupid (laughs) sunglasses and a migraine worked and i was like brilliant it's absolutely brilliant um there are a couple of like interspersed faked tweets that come up early on and it's a motif throughout the fic to have Mm -hmm. sort of these like fake things and it's like mean tweets about him (laughs) right away of like i cannot believe they cast this like washed up like asshole or whatever action star you know how could they whatever and it just sort of like establishes that dichotomy really quickly and i just after that i wrote "Mm, sensing the drama incoming (laughs) um and he just kind of you know whatever has to do that he decides i think aziraphale invites him to dinner on the first day yeah and so they go to dinner Mm -hmm. and there's (laughs) going to dinner with a gay bloke isn't that weird (laughs) is is crowley's uh you know thing about it and he goes okay and they go to dinner and they have a really good conversation about the project and they kind of start to establish this friendship aziraphale's uh assistant and athema uh -hmm. clocks crowley right away (laughs) <laughs> like before Crowley even remotely clocks himself or has any inkling and Athema's like mm, that man gay <laughs> he's like alright have fun at your dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> and Aziraphale obviously has some like he's like he's hot <laughs> whatever but it's like he's a straight man I need to not be an asshole about this I'm also the producer blah 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 but the chemistry like right from the jump is like off the charts mm-hmm. I wrote is this dialogue from the show <laughs> and well the dialogue's really great which is mm-hmm. why I asked they have a conversation about why they're doing the project which I thought was a really fun and interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crowley basically it was like money yeah. <laughs> and a job. And Zerophil says, and I quote, I want queer people to see stories like this, to know they can have happy endings too, that they deserve them. End quote. Hi. Hello. Ouch. <laughs> it was like, ow, that hurts me. But they sort of like get into the process and they're, mm-hmm. they're, they have this dynamic and they are clearly becoming friends. You, you're looking at me like maybe you want to jump in. Do no. you? Okay, great. I was like, did I miss anything important? <laughs> no. Um, oh, they also start texting each other. Yeah. Like, pretty close. And it's like very clearly flirty text messages. <laughs> I was like, Crowley, you're an idiot that you don't pick up on this, but also straight men, whatever. Right. Well, not so straight men. <laughs> so the first sort of major thing that happens on the production is what is referred to as the significant hand touch scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I love. I wrote, this author gets it. <laughs> Um, there's a moment where, you know, the their two characters touch hands for the first time and it is significant emotionally. Mm-hmm. And Aziraphale is like, this has to go well because this is queer culture. <laughs> <laughs> was like, mm-hmm. And uh, he keeps, uh, he's like, okay. Um, Crowley gets an erection from that. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, I'm so glad I don't get those. Because <laughs> that seems embarrassing. That seems uh, inconvenient. Yeah, inconvenient. But it goes really well. And it's mm-hmm. sort of Crowley's first chance to show off that he's actually a good fucking actor and can pull it off. And he takes it seriously. And Aziraphale's like, I really appreciate that he took this seriously and understood the assignment. And it goes really, really great. Um, once again, I believe Crowley does something where he's like, 
think of beans the cat just think of beans the cat we'll get through it and i was like if there's not a cat at the end of this fic so help me this is Chekhov's cat Chekhov's cat <laughs> i thought of that and i had to make the episode <laughs> he you know they and then of course because this is what's happening he starts to confuse sort of his feelings for from the the characters and you know it starts to bring up questions for him about his own identity right and he starts to have feelings for aziraphale he's like this man is angelic beautiful he's like a really nice to me kind of thing Aziraphale also reciprocates those feelings but he has basically shut it down because he's like straight man I've had crushes on straight men before it's bullshit I'm not gonna do this to myself again what am I a baby gay like stop (laughs) it I know better so he Mm -hmm. just kind of is like I'm gonna make sure that my this man who I underestimated at first and treated poorly at first based on reputation has a good time on this set basically I'm gonna you know make sure I sort of keep an eye out for him they go out to a bar with the rest of the cast mm-hmm. and they bond and they play billiards. They decide to try to hustle the youth uh, <laughs> by playing billiards. Um, <laughs> and Aziraphale is a gay disaster about it. Yep. He has uh, this quote. There are moments in life where one thinks they are still abed, still caught in a dreamscape where the fantastical is occurring right before one's very eyes. Watching Crowley peel off his black button down to reveal a thin gray cotton t-shirt was akin to watching a top hat sprout legs and begin singing Chim Chimari. <laughs> accurate <laughs> i said it's a dive bar but chill out <laughs> and you know they sort of everybody around them is also sensing this chemistry that's happening mm-hmm. which is why that dive bar scene is kind of important it's sort of a moment of like oh yeah you guys are together right and they're like no what are you talking about and they're like oh all the youth are like if we could cut the tension with a butter knife yeah really cute that you think you're not into <laughs> each other but whatever and crowley is having this identity conversation but it's very internal at this point mm-hmm. they then have to kiss on screen Mm-hmm. and Crowley was like kissing's fucking weird and I wrote you're right Crowley it is weird <laughs> and you should say it you should say it it is very odd it is a weird sensation I imagine it's weirder if it's your job um it's weird when you want it right anyway sure it's like that's another person's mouth hole mm-hmm. and on mine and like there's tongues and, bleh, and teeth and it's just gross <laughs> i was like oh i am ace anyway um, so they have this kissing scene there's an intimacy coordinator yes an intimacy coordinator i love an intimacy coordinator it, like there's sort of this like there seems to be this undercurrent of everyone assuming that crowley is queer or there's like an assumption of queerness that is happening and Aziraphale is very much trying to protect him through this whole scene and mm. this whole process to make sure that he's not doesn't freak out and when they do kiss for the first time, it goes really poorly because yep. Crowley thinks of ham. <laughs> That's what I wrote. He's like, he he tastes like the ham sandwich that he ate for lunch. <laughs> oh, ham is weird. And then he just like spirals. Yep. <laughs> and I just wrote, oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> not an intimacy coordinator approved methodology, I'm sure. Aziraphale proposes that in order to get through the scene, which they did not successfully film because it just was a clusterfuck of a, you know, error he basically approaches crowley later and is like here's what i did my first time i had to kiss someone on screen my coworker literally like took me to their place and we made out yeah like until really like it was so second nature that it was just totally fine it was was just a thing yeah yeah, i was like i don't think you approached the intimacy coordinator about this i think you came up with this on your own that seems like a bad idea but okay (laughs) this is fanfic life well (laughs) i think also specifically there he aziraphale is talking about uh when i first had to kiss a woman because he's like i'm very gay and so i know that you are not gay because he's just a crowley but maybe like the exposure would help that's how i got past that mental block right so I think that's what he was trying to get at. Yeah, I think that was the attempt. And I was yeah. like, okay. 
Um, Did he also maybe really want to kiss Crowley? Yeah, a 100%. thousand percent. What I wrote was, yes, Aziraphale, kiss him on the couch Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also get like rip-roaring drunk while they True, do it. True, as you must. Yeah, yeah. And they talk about, you know, they start talking about just like dumb shit. At one point, Crowley is like, are you a cats or a dogs person? And he's like, it was cats. And they go, it's the beans. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yes, I agree. It's the beans. So they just sort of agree on cats and whatever. And this is very much the beginnings of gay panic for right. Crowley. Because he's like, oh, I was super into that. <laughs> and it is something of an awakening for him. Because up to this point, he has not... He's, like, fucked around mm-hmm. with women exclusively. And he has not enjoyed it. And he's not had really any interest in it. Like, mm-hmm. he's always, like... He kind of... As he said, and I quote, maybe he wasn't broken. Maybe he'd just been barking up the wrong tree. He then Googles, am I gay? <laughs> in true Heartstopper fashion. Classic. <laughs> Classic. And I just wrote, do not. And then it actually wasn't that bad. He w- goes to Reddit and he reads some stuff. And he's reading about this. He's getting into queer online discourse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just the horny train goes from zero to 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and he basically proposes to Aziraphale. He's like, hey, that went really well. Can we be friends with benefits so I can continue to try out all this gay stuff that I'm right. reading about? <laughs> and Aziraphale is like, uh yeah i guess so like i'll help you be your gay experiment person and like it sounds a lot more serious than i'm saying it it's actually really funny yeah like it is a very funny fic like Mm -hmm. the humor is in there and the banter between the two of them the banter is really really (laughs) great but the miscommunication also starts pretty early whereas your is like very much in the like he is a straight man experimenting and crowley is like developing feelings right and it's actually very chill with that particular aspect of himself the children outside are on the treadmill or on the trampoline i don't know uh he's trying to start up the lawnmower fuck (laughs) shit well if you hear some humming in the background it's my neighbor mowing the lawn god damn it anyway he he's sort of developing this identity and he's like parsing through it and he's like into crowley he's like not only do i think i am something i really like this man he's really attractive he's really nice to me and i like him so there's just the miscommunication that's happening right away that's just sort of like right bubbling under the surface but Mm -hmm. it's not like it's not overly done which is really great Uh, I wrote, oh, the friends with benefits tag coming in hot. (laughs) Um, They talk about basically a list of sex acts that Crowley wants to try. Oh, yeah, the list. is really funny. They make a list. He says he probably needs to work up to double penetration. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you do. Yeah. You should probably try single penetration first. Yeah, and before that, there's a few other things you might want to mess around with. I just work through a couple of those things. I wrote, Crowley, I love you, and you're well within your right to be as horny as you are, but maybe cool it a little bit. (laughs) It's, like, very horny very quickly. Yeah. And they sort of, like, go back and forth. They, like, spend some time in this weird middle ground where they are you know fucking around basically (laughs) he has the i have had some realizations about who i am and now i'm reframing all of my previous experiences uh Mm kind of thing i think one of the things that i picked up on through this section was that aziraphale was making an awful lot of assumptions about crowley Mm -hmm. like a lot of assumptions and i didn't love it like i it made total sense in the fic and it was Mm -hmm. a really well done sort of like undercurrent of what was happening but it felt like he was making a lot of decisions for Crowley mm-hmm. and making assumptions about what he wanted and why he wanted things yeah. with that was coming from a place of self-preservation, mm-hmm. which was interesting. And it does come to a head later. At one point, Crowley decides that they're dating and doesn't say anything. And I was like, you need to talk about that. Yeah. It's very much two idiots in love yeah. who just have, don't communicate. Yeah. Yeah. So bad. They have a sex scene that they have to film. That's sort of the next big thing oh, in the yeah. series. 
and they prep for it and it also like they're, they're <laughs> they do a rehearsal with the intimacy coordinator and Carly's like it was so hot like he was so like I was so into it blah, blah, blah. and they do the thing on the real day and he's like fuck that was so weird I hated it <laughs> yeah. I was like no, I don't want to have a sex scene in front of a bunch of other people this is terrible but they do uh, have the butt sex after that and um Crowley says the butt sex first and Aziraphale is like you are not American please don't ever say butt sex to me <laughs> yeah. again he's like butt sex <laughs> and it was funny <laughs> and then sort of the n- they sort of wrap filming there's a whole back and forth they decide that they are in a relationship at this point I don't know if they like formally say that they're in a relationship but um, Crowley starts having a discussion about whether or not to come out mm-hmm. because he's very clear at this point that he's like oh I'm I'm queer and he's landed on queer as his label mm-hmm. because he doesn't really like the definitiveness of anything else. He just knows that he really likes his ear fell and that it's very different from him for him than any of his previous experiences with women. So he comes out to his agent bees who I assume is Beelzebub. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I was like, cause I was like, I know the demon names (laughs) from uh, Buzzfeed unsolved and watcher. So I was like, I know that. I thought you were going to say from the Bible (laughs) from uh, various and sundry ghost related and properties that I really enjoy. Um, And bees is also queer and literally was like, all right, cool dude. Like I kind of knew. Yeah. That's not surprising. And it's like only a fellow queer could come out like that. could, Could react that way and get away with it. They have kind of a fight about the coming out. Yeah. There's a whole process. There's a whole sort of like back and forth where Crowley needs a new publicist. He like. Yeah. Well, it's a thing of where Crowley is pretty is, is sure he wants to come out mm-hmm. because specifically because he's tired of now that South Downs has finished filming and Aziraphale's like off filming something else. Crowley's filming something else. And so they have like weekends mm-hmm. uh, or like certain days where they can kind of sneak around. But it's always like very, Aziraphale is really paranoid of, of them being caught because he's like, oh, I don't want Crowley to like, like have to come out that way. Like that's an awful way to come out. Or that's the way that Aziraphale is kind of justifying it to himself. Right. And Crowley's like, I'm done with that. I just want to be with you. That's what matters to me. Right. And so if coming out is going to give me the freedom to do that, I'm ready to come out. Right. And then Aziraphale's like, yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Like, should you rush into this? And then that's where the argument kind of spawns yeah. from. So they have this argument. And again, this book comes back to Aziraphale making so many assumptions, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's really projecting yeah. in, a, in a big way. They do have this argument. And Crowley is like, we fought. It was a lover's quarrel. This is a thing that happens. <laughs> yeah, bummer. I about this. What a bummer. And Aziraphale is like, he broke up with me. <laughs> I am devastated, but I will mourn silently and Yo. tragically in my trailer. Yeah. Tag yourself. I'm yeah, a zero fan. <laughs> truly. And so they go without speaking for several weeks, mm-hmm. and it's a whole thing. And in that process, during that time, Crowley had been planning all of this coming out with his publicist, who was also a Zerofil's publicist. And it's like kind of a disaster for a little bit, but like he's like, I'm going to move forward with it anyway because this is about me. Like, I want to do it. And I believe what happens is that they see each other because Crowley goes to Aziraphale's play that he's in. Or is that the origins that of the was, fight? Yeah, that was the origin of the okay, fight. Okay, so he goes, oh, I know what happened. Yeah. So uh, uh, Crowley comes out to what, it, what amounts to his family. Yes. In this During this fight, because he's sad. He's mm-hmm. a sad boy. And he comes out to this very traditional man who is basically his surrogate father named mm-hmm. Shadwell. And Shadwell's like, mm, you can never trust the English. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Which is so valid. And it's like a whole, you know, process about that. Ultimately, what they do is they fuck it out. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately. It's like what I wrote is like sex first, talk after. Yeah, that's what they do. Um, but in this case, it actually did work out. They have some sex. They have some like makeup sex. And yeah. then they talk about what happened and like what is going on. 
and uh, Aziraphale realizes that he is projecting and kind of apologizes for like you should do what you want to do and mm-hmm. like what do you still want to do this what do you want to do and they um, I think they're kind of taken out of their hands though yeah I'm trying to remember what that impetus the is the former publicist oh um. Crowley's former publicist makes some disparaging commentary about um, him online based on the blackballing thing that he had gone through before and in doing so, I believe oh, right. other things sort of come to light for him. Like, it's just sort of like a whole thing. It just, like, expedites this whole process. Basically, it doesn't go as they had hoped, but they end up coming out. They're a couple. The actress that Crowley had been protecting all yeah. those years, who had experienced the sexual harassment, you know, 10 years or so ago, comes out and says, yeah, everything he said is true. He's been protecting me for 10 years. I am no longer going to, like, let him do that without, you know, I'll take the falling mm-hmm. again. He's not going to do that. And so his reputation is saved um the show goes super well (laughs) they are together everything is great the ending to me was the weakest part of this fic yeah it happened very quickly Mm -hmm. and it felt like they broke up on like it's chap it's 19 chapters they broke up in chapter 17 and i was like how are they going to resolve this in two chapters (laughs) and it wasn't that it was bad it was just the pacing changed really abruptly yeah of the actions that they were taking and i really wanted them to spend more time navigating this whole like aziraphale projecting thing and like Crowley's coming out. It was good. It just was, it was rushed in my yep. opinion, which is also, I think why I'm starting to struggle with summarizing it because I was just like, yeah, stuff happened right. quick, quickly. <laughs> yeah. It, it was much more concerned. I think with the like setup and the like TV show, the mini series mm-hmm. kind of aspect and like Crowley, uh, like self discovery. But once the self discovery yeah. is kind of done, then the author was like, okay, we just got to get through to the end of the fic now. Like, also, the yearning was very important. Yes, I'm sorry. The yearning, of course. The, the yearning was the very significant important. hand touch, quite yeah. literally. Yeah. And then once the yearning was over, it was like, all right, they're fine. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Everyone's had their fill. Let's just tie it up with a cue bow. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah, so it's good. I loved this fic. Yay! I thought it was delightful. I thought it was so fun. I don't know shit about canon, but it was fun <laughs> anyway. And yeah, I loved it. The pacing was really good up until the end. I thought it was really well written. It was super fun. Cannot complain. I wrote overall super delightful. Cannot complain. Love that. Good times. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. What would you rate it on a five on a one to five scale? Four out of five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do Great. it. Great. Sounds sure. good. Sure. Is that low or high? I don't know. I think it's high on your scale. <laughs> that is high on my scale. Yeah. It's really well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Breaking four on an Aaron scale is great. Yeah. It's yeah. super good. I loved it. Definitely. Awesome. That's Yay. great. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Again, I, I read the summary and I was like, I I also I was really glad that I could fit it into the coming out tag because yeah. there was a part of me that was like even if this doesn't work I'm I'm submitting yeah yeah <laughs> for sure kind of a situation I just feel like as an actor I don't often find like good fix about yeah. like actors or like the acting process or like a mini series kind of thing and I was like right. I love that. This is someone who either works in the industry or did their research. Right. Yeah. Like it is very true to life and mm-hmm. very well grounded in the mechanics of you know acting and production and that kind of thing one of my favorite really parts cool. about that specifically is when they do like like you mentioned in the summary um they have the rehearsal with with just the intimacy coordinator yeah. for the sex scene and they're like in their like t-shirt jeans kind of a day and so that's why it's like electrically charged it's just them and the intimacy coordinator and then on the actual filming day you know like there's the camera operators Mm -hmm. there's the director there's like other people there they're fully naked they've got like the weird like intimacy 
pads or whatever yeah, that goes between the barriers. Yeah, the, the barriers between the like your your private parts, you know. Right. Um, which is correct yeah and for a set <laughs> I, and i love afterwards they were both like sex is the furthest thing from my mind and i think there's a line where they were uh, where they they say that a, a zero fail is like walking funny because he's like there's only so much like fake thrusting <laughs> your, your can legs do. can take yeah. before you start to get sore yeah which i thought was hysterical it was really funny yeah, yeah. it was super good I'm i had a grand it. old time reading it it took me a little while to read through it too which was nice i like had to kind of slow down and yeah. read through it and enjoy it which is not always the case i read <laughs> but it took Either. me some time which i really i liked that oh, i liked good. the pacing of it that's awesome yeah Woo! strong cool. start strong start oh and he adopts a fucking cat <laughs> chekhov's cat <laughs> chekhov's i almost cat. fucked up and didn't like <laughs> yeah he gets a cat and names it beans <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah ultimate wish fulfillment in fanfic you uh -huh. get a cat and name it beans yeah incredible <laughs> so yeah the cat does come full circle amazing yeah yeah so fun Excellent. Also, never trust the English. Yes. <laughs> that was really funny. That was pretty Yeah, Shadwell was essentially like, I don't care that you're gay, but I, you should find yourself a good Scotsman. Yeah. How but dare you? He said, uh, he's like, I think the butcher's boy swings that way. I'll put him in touch with you. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> he's <laughs> a good Scottish lad. <laughs> His biggest gripe is that his ear fails English. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It was, it was fun. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah, yeah. Yay. Woohoo. Excellent. Much excite. Much Very excite. Well. What did I send you, Alan? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Well, Let's I, bear in mind we're at an hour and 12. Tough shit. <laughs> is all I can tell we're you. Fucked. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. Tough shit to you. So sorry, listeners. It's not getting any shorter. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be here a while. Yeah, we're going to be here a while. Is all I can say. So, Aaron, you sent me a stranger fix. A stranger fix. <laughs> Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> this is going to be bad. Yeah. What did I send you, Alan? Dragon. Thank you. You're welcome. Ooh. You sent me a Stranger Things fic, Aaron. Mm -hmm. um, it's entitled Killing Me Softly. It is on Archive of Our Own, and it is written by The Flying Lemur. Yep. The summary reads Baby, look at me, Eddie whispers. Still soft. So fucking soft. Baby, you're the best lay I've ever had. It doesn't make him feel better. It breaks him. Steve has a lot of issues to work out, and the fallout of the Vecna situation only expedites the process. He falls in love with Eddie, takes in some new children, and gains some parents. It's good for him in the end. It's the middle bit that sucks. A lot. And... Man, if that wasn't like a, a great summary, it's uh, really good. It, it does start with the next group summary, which is like okay, but it does give us an actual summary, which yeah. I that I love. I'm yeah. I'm such a fan of the balance is great. The balance is great. Um, this is a fic in which Steve is actually asexual, mm -hmm. but doesn't know it. Correct. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder why I might have chosen yeah, that one. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> So I also took notes, but mine are a, f a clusterfuck. So you all are going to have to bear with me. Yeah. The fix starts off kind of in the middle of our story uh, with that little bit that you heard at the beginning in which Steve and Eddie have just had sex. And Steve asks Eddie, like, oh, like, was I was I good? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, did I, can I do it any better? And Eddie's like, what are you talking about? I need you to use your words. And Steve says, you know, like, the sex. And... Eddie says, you're the best lady I ever had. And so that's that's our start. And then we have a flashback to Steve's first kiss uh, with Tommy H. And he talks about how it, like, 
was always kind of a weird thing. Like he was like, it didn't really do much for me, but Tommy seemed like really affected. And so that's kind of his first like intro into like that disconnect. Then we pick up uh, and the, the direct aftermath of the, of the fight with Vecna and Max and Eddie are both hospitalized. Eddie was brought back somehow. I, I have not seen Stranger Things, mm-hmm. um, but all of my context comes from fanfic, fanfic or like research I've had to do for previous seasons. Because of me. <laughs> because we've also talked about Stranger Things before. Yeah. So I don't quite understand how they brought Eddie back. But point is, Eddie's back. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Put it in the box. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Put it on the shelf. Um, so they're both hospitalized. <laughs> I wrote, the party is traumatized which is accurate Um, capital T trauma yeah so we just have a a good amount of all of the characters uh, or mainly Steve and Eddie rethinking uh, about what that fight meant and like how it would happen and Eddie's drifting in and out of consciousness he's dreaming a lot about the upside down having these nightmares Steve and Dustin are literally always there uh, kind of on a rotating watch to make sure that someone's always there for Eddie I also wanted to mention, like, the first part of that, we kind of jump POVs. It's, like, in third mm-hmm. person, but it's, like, Eddie has one. We, we follow uh, Eddie's in, uh, stream of consciousness once, and then we follow Steve's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the very beginning, we're with Steve, and he is going through the aftermath. He's at the hospital, and he's trying really hard to keep it together for everyone else. Mm-hmm. He's, like, I don't know. Like, we can't get a hold of the kids' like parents. I don't know where... Eddie's like uncle is and so he's like trying to be like uh, a pillar for all of them while inside he's like crumbling right Um, and I think that that really sets us up for the kind of character that Steve is in this fic yeah eventually Eddie wakes up uh, they brief him he about all of the things that are happening in Hawkins and his response is metal um, <laughs> which I was so like, accurate. yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that tracks for you. For <laughs> he heals Eddie. enough to uh, to finally be discharged. Um, Steve starts volunteering uh, at the police department with Hopper, who's back. Yeah. Is it Hooper? Is it Hopper? No, it is not Hooper. It is Hopper. <laughs> Mr. Hooper is on Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hooper's a much more common name than no, Hopper is. Hopper. It is Hopper. Okay, it's Hopper. So Steve starts volunteering at the police department with Hopper just for something to do. He's still working at the family video, but yeah. uh, is just also helping out here because uh, Flo had like a, is, is getting slower or something or had like a medical emergency. Yeah, basically like the aged yeah. admin person for the department is like stepping back and Steve is stepping up. Yeah. Um, I have feelings about cop Steve that we don't have to get into, but yeah, I, that man would never join a law enforcement agency. Anyway. Um, any whoms. <laughs> Aaron, that's not in my bullet list. No, I need to go it, through. That's just my my personal interpretation of the character, and I definitely set it aside for the yeah, purposes of nope, this fic. Very fair. While doing that, uh, Hopper asked him one night if he would be if he would do him a favor and watch uh, Eleven mm-hmm. uh, for him, like babysitting. <laughs> and Steve's like, oh, sure okay and so he goes and it's a little touch and go at the beginning but uh, l seems to understand that like steve is like a good guy and so uh steve's like let's do some let's what can we do together and so he starts trying to like teach her how to cook and it's like a really sweet moment and Mm -hmm. i really love their relationship i think that those two were so cute together yeah and she's also the first person to kind of understand Steve's reluctance at being touched. Mm-hmm. Like she notices that he kind of pulls back or does not like physical contact. And she also, she says, I feel that way sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that, that moment of kinship of connection happens for Steve. And he's like, Oh, 
I'm not the only one. That's good to know. Yeah. Steve and Eddie start hanging out more, and in in the midst of that they there's a flashback into how Eddie and Steve met, um, which in this fic the author does note that in the fic Eddie moved to Hawkins much earlier than he does in the show i think so he's there like i think it's his eddie's freshman year or something like that yeah it's sort of an amorphous timeline we've ascribed a lot of sort of headcanony background to eddie just in general across the fandom and to be honest with you i have no idea what's legit and what's not well that's fair um so valid any whomst they're young is the is the byline and eddie's outside smoking a cigarette once steve runs out he's having like a moment where he's like barely keeping it together and eddie extends the cigarette and says do you would you want to smoke and steve says yeah so they have a nice smoke they have a moment and eddie has the hugest crush on steve and he's like oh my god he's talking to me oh my god like are we friends now and like steve has a genuinely genuinely vulnerable moment with eddie where he's like yeah sometimes it's hard like i don't call me king steve like i hate that fucking shit you know like i'm not i'm just a person uh so they share that cigarette there's like a charged moment and then steve as he's leaving, says, thank you. Like, really, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor baby Eddie is so over the moon. He's yeah. like, oh, my God, we're going to become boyfriends. Like, yeah. this is the, the highlight of my fucking day. He rushes home. He's, like, thinking about it all throughout the evening. He, like, runs out of his uh, home the next morning, like, without even eating breakfast. He's like, because I'm ready to see Steve. Like, this is the beginning of something. And so he's watching uh, Steve hang out with Tommy and Carol and... Eddie's like thinking about like how can I approach him in that kind of uh, situation, and I think they start to notice that Eddie's paying a lot of attention to the table, and so Eddie makes to walk by it, and he's on the way. He's like, I'm gonna say something fun or like mm-hmm. cute, like like flirty as I'm walking by to Steve, but Tommy's pissed. Tommy yeah. like gets up and like gets up on his face, and Eddie's like, oh fuck, and he's looking to Steve for support and asks like, hey, can you call your your guard dog off and. I think Steve is the one that says, who Who do you think you are to talk to me like that? Yeah. F-slur. And yeah. that is devastating to Eddie, who then, yeah. like, walks away. And there's, uh, I think there's a line. Oh, there's a line that Eddie told him during their cigarette encounter. Where he's like, you do whatever it takes to survive. Mm-hmm. And then S- Steve throws that back to him after Tommy and Carol have left. And he's called Eddie the F-slur and he's like he shrugs helplessly and kind of says you know you do what you need to sur- to survive yeah. which I thought was really poignant uh, I have a quote here um, about how Steve kind of justifies or like is thinking about his past um, it says they're all scared but Tommy uses his fear like a knife sharpens it and sheathes it and brings it out to play when he's confronted by the object of his fear out in the wild it's where Steve learns it from and I thought that was really like so poignant as to how we as people start to use self-preservation to move throughout our days. We learn these kind of tools by watching other people. And so like, Mm -hmm. it really matters. It's that that thing of like children learn things from home, you know, like you see how your parents kind of deal with the world. And so that's what you learn to do in order to survive. Even when it's like people that are also othered like you are. So we have that flashback, but Eddie's realizing now that Steve is a good guy. They're hanging out more. Steve goes full on mama bear and starts driving the kids around, um, like really developing those connections with them, which I thought was really sweet. Once at D&D, for which Steve is like just now there every week, he's not playing. He's off on a couch falling asleep to the sound of Eddie's voice, which gay, yeah. but understandable. <laughs> 
Thank you. We needed that little comedic break. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, some gay shit. <laughs> yeah, truly. And then Eddie uh, is trying to talk Steve into doing a one one off like yeah. homebrew. Yeah. And he touches like Steve's arm and says, you know, please think about it. And that is the significant hand touch of this spec <laughs> listeners. We're going to start adding this into our parlance. Yeah, I really think so. Because, yep. like, this touch undoes Steve, essentially. Yeah. He, like, it awakens something in him. Like, he feels like like his nerve endings are on fire kind of a situation. He's like, it's always, it feels too much. Like, physical right. contact always feels for him. But, it like, it, it makes him start to hope that maybe he's not broken, which right. is his narrative in his head. He's like, I'm broken. Like, you know, yeah. I... I'm, I'm looking for the right person to make me feel right. that all consuming kind of desire that happens with sex right. that, you know, is prescribed to sex. Right. Which uh, he has never had. That has not been his experience. Right. Exactly. Um, Despite having sexual encounters before. Yes. So uh, he has a conversation with Robin about the touch and mm -hmm. he's like, I don't know what it means. And Robin says, well, doesn't have to mean anything like i think you're you're tart you're touch starved like your parents were never around you weren't hugged right. enough as a child and steve's kind of uneasy about it but also doesn't have anything better for it and this is a, a moment of frustration for him because he's like robin is the person i go to with my problems and she can help me figure out what the answer is and in this is a case in which she doesn't have an answer that it feels right to him right so he's just like okay i guess that's what it is i guess i'm touch starved he also asks nancy being one of the few people that he's friends with that he's slept with right. <laughs> before and he's like hey was i good at it like yeah. what was that like for you and nancy's like well if i'm being honest it always felt a little like you left the room sometimes like it was a routine for you mm -hmm. and that's devastating to him because he's like he thinks he's keeping it together it's that, that that feeling where you're like i know what i'm going through but i'm like my face is a mask like no one right. can see that and this is essentially like people notice and yeah. that's hard for him to um, or at least the people he cares about noticed yeah and that's a, that's a tough tough pill for him to swallow um there's a scene uh, i wrote steve teaches dustin how to drive and it's emotional for everyone involved including us <laughs> dear reader <laughs> including us he does and it uh, is very sweet there's yeah it's so sweet dustin is like keeps like being really jumpy essentially during the lessons and steve is like okay after the third time, after the third lesson, he's like, what's happening? What's going on? And Justin essentially says, you know, my dad wasn't around and my mom, I love her, but I don't think like I can, I can't handle her in a car. Like, this is not a thing. And he's like, and I, and I, I thought of you, you were the next person I thought of like immediately. And I'm so scared that I'm, I'm going to not be like, I'm going to be too much for you. He says, I don't have a dad, but I have you. <laughs> Um, and then Steve is of course like a puddle and like yanks him out of the car and is hugging him really hard and they're both crying and you know Steve tells him you know I love you you're like I you were you're one of the best things that's ever happened to me and it's oh I chills yeah. thinking about it and found fucking family man like <laughs> this is a quote this kid his kid is gonna know that he is loved fiercely unconditionally and forever and I was like oh <laughs> I wrote ouchies ouchies <laughs> yeah that was, right. yeah, that was ouchies. What else is there to say but ouchies? <laughs> Truly. Next, we are, uh, Steve has agreed to do the one-off. And so he and Eddie go to Eddie's, uh, him, Eddie, and Will, I'm sorry, after a session, go to Eddie's uh, trailer to help create a character for Steve. And he chooses a bard and, like, makes eye contact with Eddie to make sure that it lands, like, hey, this is, like, based on you. Like, it's because right. of you I'm doing this. And that's, Eddie's like, oh, huh, huh. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> what is, is happening? Things are happening. <laughs> um, Steve goes out for a smoke, and in that mo- that smoke break, uh, Eddie Will kind of asks Eddie if he and Steve are together, and Eddie says, "No, we're not." And then Will, clearly wanting to ask something else, says, "Do you want to be?" And Eddie says, "Yeah, I I would like that. Is that okay?" <laughs> and yeah. Will's like, "I don't know. Is it?" And so they have this beautiful moment where Eddie's like essentially telling will like hey it's like it's okay oh here i'm sorry it's gonna be a quote heavy section it's fine i'm living (laughs) (laughs) he reaches out and places his hand on the bony ridges of will's spine between his shoulder blades enough touch to let him know he's there with him in the moment the space between confession and, and acceptance pulling him along to the other side there are tranquil waters here in the sunny calm seas of getting to really be yourself Man, I I'm not done yet, obviously, <laughs> but man, the way I I already I could tell you this off the way this author writes human emotions mm-hmm. is the most real I've come across in a fanfic. Mm-hmm. I think yep. it like gets to the heart of the like depth mm-hmm. and the complexity of human emotion. It's like yeah. I think a lot of times it's really easy for us to be like, oh, I feel sad, but like underneath that sadness there's other things there's like hurt there is yearning there is all of it's so multi-layered and that is what the human experience is and that's what is so hard to capture and so i just find that the way that this author wrote about emotions about the human condition was exquisite yeah it was so good 100 percent. yeah um Um, I'm winning. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is not a competition. It is not. Um, <laughs> moving on, um, Eddie and Steve keep hanging out, and one night they're high on the floor of Steve's bedroom. As one does. Just having a conversation, and Steve is maybe a little bit too high, and so just does what he wants to, which at that point is to reach out and, and touch mm-hmm. uh, Eddie's hands. He has this obsession over Eddie's hands, which mm-hmm. I was, the way it's described, I was like, I get it. Uh, I mean, I've seen Joseph Quinn's hands. <laughs> I'm about to see them in person. <laughs> I will let you know if they are worthy of the significant hand touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please tell me. Um, and so they're kind of holding hands. And so like something clear, like it's a step, mm-hmm. like a major step. And so of course the next day Steve's at work and wants to talk to Robin about it. Cause he's still confused. Cause now not only it's not only is the touch thing in play, but also now he's pretty sure he has feelings for Eddie and Robin says, well, yeah, listens to that and, and says, that is so gay. Like you're literally gay. Like mm-hmm. I can't think of a gayer thing than sitting in your bedroom floor at four in the clock in the morning, holding hands. Like right. that is gay. And Steve, that doesn't strike right with Steve. He's like, that's right. not true. He's like, that's not right. I'm not gay. And Robin's like, okay, so then you're bisexual. Like, at least you're bisexual. Like, it's obvious you have a thing for Eddie. Right. And so Steve starts to feel this, like, panic, this feeling of, like, I'm being given all of these labels of what I should be. Right. And they're not right. That's mm-hmm. not the correct thing. And so he's starting to panic. And he's like, I just, I can't talk about it right now. Like, let's just, let's just leave it there, please. And Robin's like really just continuing to kind of go through it because I think she thinks this is like, I just have to help him break through the realization. Like right. um, you are gay, you are bisexual. She thinks she's dealing with his internalized homophobia yeah. and trying to like help him through to the other side. Right. And that's really not what's happening. Exactly. And so Steve just, they have an argument. Steve like shuts her down and says, I can't talk about this, please. Otherwise, like, I, like, otherwise like, I won't speak to you for a bit. Right. And so they have a, a drift. So they start to drift mm-hmm. apart here. Oh my 
Eddie, uh, at one point, Eddie and Steve are hanging out, and Steve remembers he's supposed to babysit Elle. Uh, although they don't call it that anymore because Eleven is like, I'm 14, I'm no longer a baby. It's girls' night. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so cute. They forgot about girls' night. <laughs> and so Steve asks Eddie to join for girls' night. <laughs> he's like, what? Yeah. Uh, but he goes anyway because, of course, he does. Right. And he's so, like flabbergasted at seeing like how Elle and Steve are kind of cooking and there's like a routine that like mm -hmm. it feels like home and so Steve throws him a lifeline says go put on some music like you know you're the music guy and so he yeah. goes off and dance music boy <laughs> <laughs> um and oh my god and then after dinner and oh they paint their nails which mm -hmm. was a thing um and then Eddie like pulls Eleven up to dance and they dance like really silly and then the song changes and he pulls up Steve and then they have a silly dance that then becomes like a slow dance afterwards. Mm -hmm. <sighs> my heart. The, uh -huh. That chapter, my heart was full. <laughs> it was so good. And then at the end of the evening, Elle is asleep in bed and so they're out on the porch smoking and Steve just straight up admits to Eddie that he likes him mm -hmm. and they kiss and it's like, oh, lovely. <laughs> and then and then um steve has the realization that he's falling in love the more he spends time with eddie and that's kind of a scary thing for him because uh, in his head he's like he's still broken mm -hmm. um then eddie and steve ha have sexual contact for the first time and it nearly like undoes steve like he's able to kind of he dissociates partly through it mm -hmm. but also is able to kind of keep himself grounded in like oh this is eddie this is fine like breathing kind of through it but clearly like not okay yeah um and he goes to l afterwards um to, to for comfort and she's like asking him like oh did he hurt you like was it a bad touch and he, mm -hmm. he's like no it's just it's it's too much sometimes and so they just kind of sit in that companionable silence which is really lovely yeah and unfortunately you would think steve you have to have a conversation with eddie there's no conversation yet you, yeah and so <laughs> uh, they have penetrative sex and yeah. steve kind of dissociates through it all and it brings us back to that moment at the prologue where it's like, okay, afterwards he's asking Eddie, like, was there anything I could have done better? And Eddie says, no, you were, you were the best lay I've ever had. And that throws him into a kind of a panic attack. Cause he's like, mm -hmm. how is it that I can like, first of all, I thought I would feel something with the right person. Like I'm fairly certain I'm in love with Eddie. Right. And I thought that that was going to be enough to fix me quote unquote, or to like right. ignite the thing that is not in my body about touch about sex about any of it and it's not <laughs> and then for it to feel like like it, it wasn't like you, no one even noticed or like he didn't notice like eddie didn't notice in the throes of of what was going on um so that sends him into a panic attack and then eventually uh he he runs into the bathroom and like it's taking a shower like he's like i need to just not be around him i need to like wash this off of my body mm -hmm. and eddie's freaking out on the other yeah, side of the door like, and he's shit. like oh shit what has happened yeah. and so eventually he's able to coax steve to come out and then they calm down enough to go to sleep and eddie's kind of the whole time thinking like oh fuck i was really bad at it or something and right. steve's gonna leave me um and steve reaches out and like kind of touches fingertips with him mm -hmm. which i thought was a really sweet thing and eddie like instinctively understands that like steve does not want to be held right now but like right this the fingers is enough to be like okay we're gonna work through this somehow mm -hmm. and then the next morning eddie wakes up before steve and goes and is making breakfast he's wearing like a blanket from the couch as a cape yeah and steve comes from behind and there's this loaded moment and i think 
Eddie breaks the tension by like flapping his blanket like a bird and says, Bless. you know, like a cape, like wings. <laughs> and Steve laughs. I and love you. I fucking Eddie love Munson, you, idiot. I love you. <laughs> That's exactly what Steve says. Yeah. He's like, he's I fuck, right. I love you, you idiot. Yeah. And Eddie says, I fucking love you too, idiot. Which yeah. is really sweet. And then they have a very needed conversation about how Steve admits he doesn't like having sex and yeah. Eddie almost immediately feels relief and he's like oh yeah that's fine yeah <laughs> and then he's like wait a minute <laughs> that's not what I way meant. worse than that <laughs> exactly he was like I was fully expecting I was fully expecting to be dumped he's like I don't need sex he's like first of all I feel awful that it's like I'm sorry you don't like sex I'm sorry that you don't like sex and we've been having it and I didn't notice right but I don't need it to show you I love you right. and oh man and it's so beautiful and then they have, oh, I'm going to read this to you and then I'll talk about what I mean. want to say. They finish up their breakfast and it's when Steve is washing their plates and Eddie goes to hold him from behind like usual that he sees an opportunity. Is this okay? He murmurs in between Steve's shoulder blades. It's stilted, actually talking about the way they touch. Not bad, but new. Steve readjusts Eddie's hands so they're sitting a little lower. Soap bubbles and a little sink water chill his wrist where he touched. Not my chest and not any lower, just my stomach. Okay. And Eddie thinks, yeah, we're going to be okay, which I fucking love. Are, are you kidding me? An, uh-huh. an, an immediate exploration about boundaries and like yep. talking about like, it's like weird. It's a weird thing to bring up, yep. but it's necessary. And in the end is going to bring them closer, which I think is beautiful I know. and not something you see in every fanfic. So I, I love that. I wanted to call that out. Later, after this, Steve literally runs into Robin as he's running out of the convenience store and she's coming in or vice versa. I don't remember. One of the two, yeah. Um, and then she's in a panic. She's like, Vicky's going to break up with me. She said, I love you. And I just said, thanks. Like a dope. <laughs> like an idiot. Yeah, exactly. And Steve's like, she's not going to break up with you. And then they have a really good conversation in his car and they talk things through. And he's like, this is what it was. I shouldn't have reacted the way I did. But also I was having these... Um, feelings and this is what i'm thinking like i I don't like i'm non-sexual is what he's calling it and robin says okay that makes sense i'm sorry for trying to like put you in a box essentially and she gives him the term asexual and he's like huh okay after this we get a little more uh of seeing how steve and eddie are navigating their relationship now that they both now that it's out in the open that uh steve is asexual Mm -hmm. and uh we have like an example of some good experiences in which Steve uh, is in the right headspace uh, and wants to initiate like intimate contact with Eddie. And so they kind of meet in the middle about what Steve wants and what, you know, what Eddie wants. And they have a really lovely experience and you're like, Oh, that's awesome. And then almost immediately after that, they have a day in which Steve is in not a great headspace and is mm-hmm. feeling like really impatient. And he's like, I like, this is fine. Like, let's just do something. And so in the middle of like starting some sort of intimate contact, Steve starts to go limp and like dissociate essentially. And Steve and Eddie's like, okay, no, no, we can't do that. Like, that's not what we're here to do. Yeah. Um, You have to be honest with me. And then they have a really lovely conversation and this is really long and I'm sorry, but it's important to my thesis. Um, (laughs) Steve, if I can't keep you trapped by my sexual prowess, why on earth would you want to stay? Eddie says like, it's simple. And maybe it is to him. To Steve, it's the opposite kind of simple, the stupid kind, because who could be more interesting than Eddie Munson? He'd never considered it before, that Eddie felt insecure about this, too. Steve had spent so much time agonizing about how incomplete he was that he didn't stop to consider that Eddie might already think him whole, believed he was the one lacking in some way. 
The thought never once entered even his periphery that love and sex could be different for everyone. Maybe one could exist without the other and a person could still be complete. His own father slept around all the time, but he didn't love those people. Not really, Steve assumed. If sex could exist without those kinds of emotions, then why not the other way around? The idea that he isn't completely broken starts to trickle in through through Steve's emotional paralysis. He feels it plant in his core, buried and watered by Eddie's confession. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> like, Woo! it just... What a deep conversation in which Steve is like, I'm broken, I'm broken, like, and I'm scared that you're going to get bored of me and want right. to, like, want sex. And then he's yep. like, no, I'm bored. I'm scared you're going to be bored of me. And right. so they come to this really realization. And again, the complexity that the author manages to encapsulate. Mm -hmm. Incredible. I wrote... Um, it's like it, this, that particular, the like, the idea that he isn't completely broken starts to trickle in. He feels a plant in his core buried and watered. Felt so like resonant to me because mm -hmm. whenever I've had like big moments in which big realizations similar to this, where I'm like, oh, I'm enough as a human being. It's enough to breathe air mm -hmm. to understand that I have value. Those kind of realizations that have come in my life have always been like a small click. Yep. And then like, it feels like, it trickles in like that. Like mm -hmm. it just, it felt so real to moments that I've had in my life where I'm like, it's small, but also monumental. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. Congratulations to that author. Yep. Tommy comes into town who he's out of state for university um, and comes out to Steve, says he's engaged to a man named Dan and Steve comes out in turn to Tommy and says, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm with um, I'm with my boyfriend Eddie, mm -hmm. and Tommy's like, "Oh, that's really funny. You were gay this whole time." And Steve's like, "No, I'm 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 asexual. I'm non-sexual." And yeah. Tommy's like, "Weird, but okay." Yeah. <laughs> Which honestly, uh, yep. so accurate. That's what happens all the time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The last few chapters are setting us up for a party at the buyers for them to kind of celebrate the end of summer, like being yeah, together, yeah. all that kind of shit. Um, and Steve gets a phone call from his mother mm -hmm. uh, in which she's like, Hey, I'm so sorry, but dad's trying to close a close business. And I know we're like months away, but we're not coming for Thanksgiving. I just hope that's okay. And he kind of is listening, is listening, is becomes numb to it. And then just kind of hangs up. He's like, okay, I don't care. Bye. Yeah. Um, and so he, he has this moment where he's going to the party and he's feeling all these emotions. I was like, why do I feel like this? Like, why, why did my mother's call like throw me off balance so much? And so at a certain point, he finds himself alone in the kitchen with Joyce, who he had, does not have a lot of contact with throughout the fic. I don't know if throughout the series, but he's oh, had, no, not in the series. There's no contact between them, essentially. But he like respects her and knows that she like cares for her children yeah. and like by extension, the party a lot and Hopper and Eleven a lot. And so she comes into the kitchen and asks, hey, are you OK? And he starts to talk about how just alone he's felt um, mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing uh, about how he like there were good moments with his mom uh, and he found himself a lot wanting that back, but she chose something else. She chose to follow her, his father. Right. And so he feels really alone and abandoned and angry. Mm -hmm. And he like is just feeling all of these emotions. And Joyce immediately like, you know, lets him vent and then says, you know, I, I know we're not close, but I have seen the way that like Dustin looks at you the way that, uh, that, uh, Will looks at you that Mike that um oh my god what's his name Lucas thank you yes. I looked at my list <laughs> I you were like Lucas thank you I did not help you <laughs> you were on your own <laughs> um and yeah I was like I see how Lucas and Dustin and everyone looks at you like looks to you and 
I'm sorry, like, that's not something that should have happened. It wasn't right that they treated you that way, but you are not alone. Mm -hmm. You are very much loved and, like, looked up to, and you are a part of our family. Yeah. And that is so heartbreaking to, like, to read and sees, like, has a whole moment about it. Oh, and she also, like, finishes it off by saying, like, and I don't know if you've ever been told this, but I am so proud of you for all you've done. And, uh that two punch man the one two punch um we end the fic with lucas coming out and him him and lucas have been having like an interesting kind of uh, relationship throughout the fic where lucas is very clearly like trying to be mature about a lot of things and not like lean on adults he's like i am and like i'm grown up i don't need to talk to anyone but uh steve knows that that's not true like it's everyone needs someone to talk to and so he's he's trying to be there for lucas and finally lucas seeks him out at the end of the fic to like talk about all of the feelings he has about like of guilt about bringing Max into all of this. And now she's blind and may not ever get full sight of her, her sight back. And, uh, and Steve gets the opportunity to be like there for him and also chooses to be vulnerable about how he's feeling. Cause that's kind of the way that that relationship worked with Lucas where Lucas is like, I can come to you, but like it has to be two way. Right. And so Steve says, you know, I kind of hate my mom and this is how I'm feeling. And then, in that vulnerability is able to offer Lucas advice that Lucas hears. And like, you know, right. you can't, you can't blame yourself for other people's choices. You know, other right. people choose what they've got they're, they what they're going to choose. So let Max have her choice, but you can be there for her, right. which is good advice. And so it just like beautifully encapsulates this, like the growth that Steve has done. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie comes out, they have a lovely little kiss and the epilogue uh, is just Steve talking about not having any, bad dreams anymore about the dreams shifting to something else which is lovely (sighs) (laughs) you're incredible that's so kind uh i do have some more things i need to read out i'm sorry (laughs) i'm i'm having a great time (laughs) good whether or not our listeners are having a great time completely not my problem (laughs) so true not my issue um so here (laughs) are some passages that i was just so captivated by that i was like i need to talk about these Steve latches onto that, chases it and basks in the feeling of being enough for once. Since the first brush of Eddie's fingers along Steve's arm in the Wheeler's basement all those weeks ago, he's been trying to latch onto that, to escape from his bone-deep absence, some fundamental human experience he can only catch glimpses of. His experience of sex is so mixed up in what he knows it's actually supposed to be like, and how he can get hard, how he thinks about sex, but how the act itself is so disappointing. And I was like, man, I... It was, it was a really, um, humbling is not the correct word, but you know, when you read something and you just connect to something so deeply mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I've never, to, to perspectives that are outside of your own and you're like, oh, I understand so much more now. Like I have ace friends, like you mm-hmm. and I have a uh, Kanea and mm-hmm. other people that I've met that I'm like, yeah, like I understand what you all tell me and my perceived notions of like what I know asexuality to be. But I, you know, I've never read about like, this is an asexual author writing about their experiences yeah. and what they went through kind of contextualized and wrapped into this beautiful stranger things fic. And I was like, what a haunting description of what it, it mm-hmm. must feel like to go through that to like, especially when you with someone that you love when you're like it, the wanting of it but it's like it it not being bad necessarily but it like it's impactful specifically to the touch in this particular case where it's like it's not bad but it lingers yeah um this one uh i copied and just wrote louder for the people in the back great 
Oh, Eddie, you're good. You're amazing. I'm the one that's broken. His laugh is self-deprecating. And fuck that. Eddie pulls back and points his finger at Steve. There's flair involved. Never let it be said that Eddie Munson is not a dramatic scrap of a man. Uh, incorrect. Wrong. Bzz. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200, Harrington. There's no point in agonizing over the idea that you're broken when everyone else thinks the same thing about themselves anyway. We're all wacky, weird creatures plodding along the Earth's great crust trying to figure this shit out. Normal is a concept created by the man to trap you into a position of subservience. Plus, you aren't broken. But even if you were, it wouldn't matter to me because you're still Steve. <laughs> That's the one that got me. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> you got it in one, buddy. Yeah, and I, I can't think of a greater synthesis of what this fake is trying to get at. I mean, the whole thing is talking about Steve's journey to not only accept that he himself is asexual, but also about his relationships and about what it means to to have connections to other human beings. Because again, uh, his connections before this to his parents, to Tommy and Carol have always been transactional, have always been about his survival. And now he's trying to like live a life. And that yeah. comes with being vulnerable, being yeah. open to people, the mortifying ordeal of being known. Sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it just, it's really, it was really, really incredible. I thought that the themes that the fic explored were so, so good. And like the writing, obviously I was a big fan of, but yeah, I think it was really, really beautiful. It was touching. Um, I do have some gripes. Um, yes. Which one, uh, one of the things, and this is not the author's fault, um, but to give our listeners some context, I am not a fan of like when the the POV switches. Oh, like yeah. from one character where you're following one character and then to the next character. Like I hate yeah. it when books do that. Like it's just not for me. Yeah, it's I just a thing. Yeah, for you. I it's a preference, personal preference thing. So right. we were we were on uh, a <laughs> bad start with that. I was like, okay. Also, I felt like there wasn't a very clear pattern for how this author was doing it, and there was no like Steve or. Eddie at the uh, top to give me like okay this is now their chapter like I have to kind of figure it out right in the first paragraph based on context clues so I was yeah. like that's a little confusing and often fanfic does explicitly call out changes mm -hmm. in POV so you are right to say like okay in not doing that which is a convention of the way that this thing is written like I'm actually missing some contextual information that I think would be useful yeah yeah so that was a gripe, gripe I had and also I think that the first again not really a fault of the author the first like chapter two chapters were really hard for me to get into because mm -hmm. it just dealt so much with the aftermath of the canon and like yeah. specifically talking about the canon uh, to the point that I, I remember I texted Courtney and I was like, should I watch Stranger Things? <laughs> no. And she was like, no, <laughs> it's too do long. It. Don't do it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But it was like, that's Read how, the wiki. <laughs> but that's how badly I wanted to like, yeah. that's how much like, I don't think it was inaccessible, but I think that we were bordering on like maybe a, it was a little too hard to access as a yeah. non-watcher of the fic. But again, not the author's right. problem. <laughs> That's just I how say, I felt. Also, the first couple of chapters take time to get into, even as somebody who knows the canon. It is pretty dense. Mm -hmm. I remember I reread this because it had been a while. Mm -hmm. Shock of all shocks. Yeah, I was shocked. The first time in five seasons I've ever reread a fic yeah. I sent you. But I was like, I got to make sure that this is the one that I want to send because mm. I remembered it being for obvious reasons. Yeah. But I was like, I got to make sure. And I had a hard time getting back into it, even okay. knowing where it went and yeah. how it grew. 
like really I think it kicks in a couple of chapters deep and that's where you start getting the real emotional resonance stuff mm -hmm. and they just have to get through the exposition and yeah. you just have to like you have to muscle through it okay good that makes me feel that yeah. was my that was my experience as well and then the only other little thing I would call out others oh, too um <laughs> but one of them and they're pretty small one of them is that I felt like the author likes to rehash events from the other person's perspective mm -hmm. a lot too which oh, I yeah. was like that drives I, me a little nuts. I love that it shit. It drives me nuts. I'm like, give me all the points of view. No. Give me all the perspectives. No, here's the thing. What I, I just, I hate rehashing an event that we just went through from, but it's literally the other side. It just, it takes up like a whole chapter. I think that's fair. That's yeah. a fair commentary. I think that narratively something else could have been done. Like, or like a back and forth, like behind one, like behind the bathroom door at that exact moment, Eddie was thinking, like, I just think there were yeah. other avenues available you can use your omnipotent narrator uh -huh. differently yes and that is or you know or the omnipotent point of view and you can back and forth it rather than doing one and then going back to the other which is the benefit of third person yes agreed yeah. yes thank you yeah and then lastly there's a part toward the end once they've established that they're a couple once it's uh once steve is out as asexual where he and eddie keep talking about this road trip and like oh where are we gonna go and like what's the future gonna look like and so you get the idea that this road trip is gonna be like uh they they mentioned it and i was like oh there's our epilogue and then it never <laughs> came they make such a deal about this stupid road trip and then there was no <laughs> road trip we get to the epilogue and it's all about steve like and now I can dream again. And I'm like, congratulations. Where's my fucking road trip epilogue? Where is my like, I know what happens. Because also the, the road trip is coming on, on the heels of Steve being offered a full-time position at the police department. He's now working full-time. Hopper tells him, hey, I doesn't have to be now, but I could send you to the police academy in Indianapolis. Right. So, you know, think, think about, about it. it. Yeah. And so Steve is trying to think like now... He knows who he is. He knows his relationship to these people. He has a found family. And so you're like, okay, what is he going to choose? I, and in my head, I was like, perfect. We'll get it with the road trip epilogue. And then we no. never did. We don't know what Steve chose. We don't know what has happened. Like, and so I was like, talk about a bad, like, I was like, it wasn't a bad ending. But like, I just felt like dropped like it, it was nothing no no aftercare it was not Chekhov's road trip <laughs> where was beans the cat <laughs> where was the where was the full circle moment yeah uh, yeah so those were my kind of own, those were my gripes with it but i think those are fair i mean obviously i just i was so um like just affected by it like it was beautiful and again the way that the complex human emotions came across were really lovely and also i found myself like I'm in a really interesting part in my journey of life mm -hmm. in this particular season where I, I haven't gone home. I haven't gone to my hometown. I haven't seen my mm -hmm. parents in over a year wow. at this point. Um, I didn't realize it had been that long, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Christmas was canceled. Attempt, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just, I have not, I haven't been able to do it. I haven't been able to like mm -hmm. garner up the strength to, to go and, it's something I've been talking to my therapist, uh, James, a lot. Shout out to you, James. Um, James, we love you. <laughs> we do, actually. If you ever want to yeah. be on this podcast, it's hilarious. <laughs> Where I am, I'm trying to grapple with the fact that I do love my parents. And I do feel like they try to do their best for me. But also, there's just so much unhealed trauma and hurt mm -hmm. that they 
inflicted that I have not ever had a chance to voice. And I don't think that even if I were to voice it, like I don't think that they would be receptive to it. And mm -hmm. so it's become a thing of like, if I go home, I'm, I don't want to go home and like backslide into the version of myself that they want me to be. Right. Like, how do I go home standing as the person I am? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a struggle that a lot of adults yes. kind of come to. Yeah. And so I've been in this place where I'm like, I'm not angry at my parents. I'm not like, I just, I feel things like towards them and I don't know how to name them. And that whole, uh, storyline with steve navigating his mom was just hit home for me so hard because it was like that talk where where he where he's saying like i felt like i i, I am angry i'm angry that they chose other things mm -hmm. they chose to focus their energy on something else and i was like shit that i do feel angry mm -hmm. and it is okay to feel the way i do and like I didn't have an, you run into this a lot. I feel like when you talk to people about their childhoods, like a lot of people will often say like, oh, well, I wasn't like abused. Like yeah. I, I, you know, I wasn't uh -huh. physically abused. I wasn't like, you know, abused in any kind of real quote unquote way. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I wasn't abused emotionally in other ways. And like, I right. think about times in which I remember I was in so like, I've always been a, a person who feels a lot. I feel like, yeah. like you, yeah. what? <laughs> It's fucking when. Yep, yep. So now just imagine. I think of you as a stoic person. <laughs> yep. Just like I have no opinions whatsoever. <laughs> I did walk into that one. <laughs> Sorry, I love no, you no, dearly. No, Continue. No, no, I appreciate it. That was funny. Um, and so I, I just imagine like a, a five-year-old feeling that much and yeah. not having the context, the... Yeah the the words the verbalization in order to be able to process what they're going through yeah and i just remember feeling all of that pain and i remember there were times in which i would be like locked in a closet screaming yeah. like crying like i i i hurt yeah and i remember every time that that happened my parents my brother my cousins everyone was just saying i was a baby mm. and telling me like get over it like yeah. things aren't bad and like but they were for me yeah. Like, you know, I was going through it. And like, this is the the kind of pain point where it's like, would it have been so hard to approach a child with right. compassion and grace and been like, I'm sorry you're feeling that. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's go get ice cream. Let's go do something. And no, instead I was left in a closet to cry about right. it, you know? Yeah. And that, like, and so I do feel anger. And so mm -hmm. the the permission to feel the way I feel from that came from this fic was really powerful. And <laughs> I don't, I, I don't necessarily know that I'm like, like there's no solution. And I don't know that yeah. there's like, I don't know how I feel about things currently, but like the fact that I yeah. was so moved by something in order that it affected my family life was mm -hmm. really, really moving. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. fic. I can tell. I love you so dearly. That's so nice. Thanks. You're really vulnerable. <laughs> But just then, I wanted to hold space for that oh. and make sure you knew you felt loved and supported. Thank you. That's yeah. very, very sweet. I'm not the most emotionally you. <laughs> literally person. <laughs> but I was like, oh, wow. That was a lot. And that's got to take some, that takes some balls to, to oh. be that emotionally vulnerable. That's very kind. Thank you. So I, to be a hundred percent honest i was fully ready to come in here and give you a 4.9 on this because i was because i was like loved it was very moved and like also like just the, 
all of the gushing I've already done, like, yeah. you know, I was like, it's very, very good. But the not getting a clear epilogue, not yeah. bringing back the, the point one. Yeah. Not bringing back the road trip, not bring, bringing back what his future will look like, what his choices yeah. uh, rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, so we'll deduct like a point oh one for that. But having now spoken for this at a very long time, I think that it's not fair <laughs> to give this anything less than a five i don't think that if something moves you to the point of you having realizations about your own life if yeah. art can give you that yeah. then you're not allowed to give it less than a five and so yeah. i'm giving this a five wow yeah <laughs> i don't know how to process that information <laughs> this is the fr- i'm all right we're done all right then um, yeah. Aaron, where can people find oh my god no <laughs> just well, what's also wild, and like I do not want to add another hour to this, but so like sorry. I have my own relationship to this fic because yeah. I'm fucking ace. <laughs> I know, God, I'm such a prick. No, I meant to ask no, you about that. I absolutely was like, I want to hear every word he says because I often just sort of like feel, and this like don't take this any sure. way. I mean this. I often listen to our podcast and think, Aaron, you got to stop talking. Like, <laughs> no. Aaron, you talk too much. Give Alan more space to speak and so it's important to me that if you are going to be honest and vulnerable that i hold space for that and because you do you're somewhat more not closed off that's not the word you're a little bit more sort of like reserved reserved is maybe it like you don't necessarily dive into like long (laughs) tangential (laughs) personal (laughs) stories as often as i do but when you do they're often like knife to the gut like heart of you type shit and i wanted to give you that space to do it but the whole time i was like yeah 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 i also have a deeply emotional resonant experience with this fic and like yeah that's i mean it is a five for me too like i know i don't i didn't have to give it a rating but you know yeah but yeah no i mean it's this fic is a lot this fic to me is i did not have i didn't have the same process of coming out as steve did it was not Mm. i figured myself out on my own Mm -hmm. and pretty much have up until very recently in my adult life. I think listeners of the podcast will remember how I was with a person and then I wasn't with a person (laughs) anymore. And like a piece of that was very, very similar to what Steve Mm. went through in terms of like it mirrored Steve and Eddie to a degree, but I couldn't get over the like the selfishness or the self-centeredness. And I mean that without the negative connotation because there is something of a selfishness of being like, but no, my situation is unique. You can never understand Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And I could not, could not get past that into trusting that Mm -hmm. my partner at the time truly wanted me anyway. Mm -hmm. And logically, I know he did. I know he did. There's a whole other section of this (laughs) that is, I'm pretty sure that I am exclusively romantically interested in women, <laughs> yes. which I discovered from that process. Right. And like, that's a whole other separate thing. But like there, what, like that was a, that was a, I won't say failure on my part, but that was something that I learned from that relationship was that like you do part of that whole process is like you have to be able to trust. Mm-hmm. You have to basically put the trust outside of yourself and like get relinquish control of the situation. And I don't love that. Mm. I don't love giving up control. <laughs> Not my favorite thing. It's hard. It's super difficult. And I didn't 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 do it successfully. <laughs> so but yeah, no, this sort of um what comes back to me and why I thought this was an interesting dichotomy of fix to talk about is that what I actually wrote down and I skipped it when I was retelling my story, the previous fix explained because it didn't make any sense without hearing this fix uh-huh. was that Crowley's experience with Aziraphale is what Steve wants to have happen with Eddie mm-hmm. and doesn't get. Yep. And I think that 
is an experience that I have had of wanting something or wanting to want something. Mm-hmm. And it is not what happens in real life. And that disappointment, that frustration, that mm. self-loathing that comes from, well, it's obviously my fault because everything else circumstantially is what it's supposed to be. I've right. lined up the cards. Like there's a human, there's a bed, there's stuff. And like, it's me. I'm the weak link. That's the one. Mm. And then having to sort of go through that process of like, everyone, like Eddie was like totally right. It's like, everyone's just a fucking weirdo, man. Yeah. Like everyone's fucking weird. And everyone's deeply self-centered. <laughs> I'm like, you know, they're too busy with their own bullshit and like fully sees other people as like, yeah, you're good, dude. Like mm. I got my shit to go. And having that sort of like come back into the process for me was very healing. Mm. And I was like, this was the most tied to my personal experience mm. fic that I've ever had. And I do find I've read a lot of fics where a character is ace that is part of their journey this was the most emotionally resonant for me. And also it was important to me that even though in this particular case, Steve does sort of come to a sexuality as a label through his partner, no one explained it to him. Mm. That is a very common fanfic trope mm-hmm. where basically like the asexual character has to have ex- asexuality explained to them mm. by another person where they'll be like, Oh, you're like, you're probably asexual. And they're like, what's that? And then there's like a whole moment Right. And that didn't happen in this fic. And it was important to me that it didn't mm-hmm. because it didn't like, that's just not, not my experience. Is it useful in certain ways? Absolutely. Is that totally how I learned about asexuality the first time? Uh-huh. <laughs> For sure. But I think if we're going to talk about coming out, I think this was a much more complex. Yeah. They stumble it. They, they don't know that asexuality is a term. Right. Which also very common (laughs) they stumble into it kind of accidentally and he figures out he says non-sexual first that's the word that they land on and that's where he sort of sits comfortably for a bit and then they you know robin says asexual kind of in passing but they don't realize that there's like an identity to that like there's a whole thing it's just a truth and that to me is what coming out is right yeah is coming into your truth and that truth can be messy you can be angry about it I'm still not thrilled sometimes that I am who I am. I don't think anybody is ever like, I'm the best person on earth. Everyone should be perfect like me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, if anyone's like that, go get away from them. They're fucking not You're not self-aware, bud. (laughs) You're not self-aware. You might be dangerous. That that could be bad. Yeah, that might be bad. Um, But like, you know, there are times where like being queer, you're just, I'm pissed about it sometimes Mm -hmm. where I'm like, it would be so much easier (laughs) if I was just quote unquote normal. And then you have to reckon with this whole, like there's no fucking normal, right? There isn't one. And then you're just like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) This sucks. So this fic having that, that space for complexity and a lack of resolution while narratively. Yeah. A little frustrating. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, Emotionally made total sense to me and really resonated and was like why I was so into this fic Mm -hmm. because it was the most resonant, the most true to life. And, like, that's not even to get into, like, the dissociation stuff that Steve gets to. Yeah. Also very akin to my experience. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I also experienced that kind of thing. I don't necessarily need to get into the details of it. But, like, sure. that was something that I was terrified about mm. in my first relationship. I was like, I don't want to freeze. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I just had to, like, had to talk to my partner at the time about and be like, if this happens, you actually have to stop because I can't stop mm-hmm. you. And that level of trust was very scary. Terrifying. Um, he was great by the way super lovely human being totally my fault (laughs) that didn't work out um still friends hey bud (laughs) um so but yeah that's sort of like the emotional resonance of it 
the truth of it for me like the lived experience mm-hmm. read, reading my own lived experience back to me i was like fuck i gotta send this to alan and that was why i wanted to share it with this this one and wow. i appreciate you being like oh i've learned a thing about the asexual experience from this because i think that is one of the values of fanfic sometimes mm-hmm. one of our c2e2 uh question people was like can you talk about how fanfic can teach people things? Mm-hmm. That was their question. It wasn't really a question. They just kind of asked us to talk about that. She was like, I learned about anarchy from fanfic. And I was like, you're the fucking coolest person I've ever met. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah. Tell me more about your life. But like that, that for me, like this, this is my answer. It's like, mm-hmm. I learned about myself and asexuality through fanfic and fanfic continues to give me opportunities to like recontextualize my experiences in ways that are a little bit easier to like process emotionally. And it's representational yeah. in ways that, like, this doesn't exist. In, this <laughs> is not on Netflix. I mean, it kind of is. Like, Heartstopper gets at it a little bit. But, right. like, in mainstream media, I should specifically say, because I'm sure there is queer media out there having this conversation. But right. it is not on the mainstream, mainstream stage. Like, this representation just is not as deeply nuanced right? Exactly on, on the main stage as it is in fanfic. And fanfic offers space for that mm-hmm. in ways that I think is deeply important. Yeah. Which is why we love it so much. I agree. Totally. Thank you so much for sharing it. I mean, ah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Two hours and 10 minutes later. <gasps> well, we'll cut a lot of it. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe we'll just do a super a super long episode. I think it's going to have to be super long, but it won't yeah. be two hours long. Fingers yeah, crossed. Maybe one hour and 59 minutes. One and hour and 45 is, <laughs> yeah. my, is my guess to it. That's the goal. Anyway. Well, Alan. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you all thought we were coming in for some fun pride uh, and you know, I hope you had fun, but also yeah. we hit the feels we did. this year. You know, it's okay. Yeah. I think sometimes we need to have, we maybe need to take pride seriously sometimes. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like the, like having pride in yourself, no matter what you're going through, you know, yeah. like knowing that you matter, that you have yeah. value and that you are right. not broken. Yeah. Like you're human yep. and every human's imperfect. Yep. So, Aaron, where can people find us if they want to connect yeah. further? Well, <laughs> a great question. Uh, Let me just remove all of my organs back from, you know, the floor where they just were, like, chilling outside my body for a little bit and just sort of get myself back in. Yeah, take your time. In uh, salesman mode. Um, we are on the Tiki Talkie. Mm-hmm. It's mostly my face. Yes. It's Sorry. Almost exclusively my face. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, we're approaching 9 million views cumulatively on TikTok. That is wild. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is absolutely crazy. 9 million people have seen my stupid ass. Yeah. <laughs> stupid ass humor. Me being like, what's Mpreg? <laughs> <laughs> That's our most recent viral TikTok was me talking about Mpreg. And people were like, what's Mpreg? And I was like, I'm not explaining this to you. <laughs> Listeners, if you, wanted to have, if you want us to cover Mpreg on the show. I think we should. At I some point, should. we're going to eventually. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to start branching out into the more niche stuff um anyway so tiktok <laughs> that is actually our most successful social media site most just active. by views yeah. uh, most sort of active i think our most fun i love the tumblr yeah the inimitable caitlin runs our caitlin. Tumblr. i think it's the best tumblr on earth and yeah. i can say that because i have nothing to do with it it is all <laughs> caitlin um and that is the ficklist tumblr dot nope the ficklist podcast dot tumblr dot com nice and those are really our two main social media sites. We are holding out hope on Twitter, but like, eh, fuck Twitter, man. It's bad. Um, <laughs> You'll get a reply if you, sh- if you, yeah, if you for sure. I'm on it. It's just that we don't use it very often. Yeah. We don't have a lot of followers, and like, it's just not yeah. super conducive to our sink, sunk cost kind of situation. Yeah, so we're there. We over the break started a Ko-fi. Oh coffee? yeah, Ko-fi. 
Um, <laughs> and it is something that we are giving a try. So we have recently made some investments <laughs> in the <laughs> podcast, which is totally fine. We decided that we were going to make that investment financially, mm-hmm. but we are also thinking it's about time, five seasons deep, nine million views on TikTok, that maybe we start asking for some help. Um, if you have the ability to and want to support us financially, that is an avenue to do so. There are memberships available. Um, if there are certain levels of membership that give you just certain like little tags on our Discord if you're 18 plus, which we thought was kind of fun, mm-hmm. um, we'll send you a sticker. We stickers. have some vinyl stickers that we made and handed out at the Comic-Con and now they're for sale. They're on our Ko-Fi shop and they are something that you get if you join as a member and donate to us regularly. If you like those stickers, there could be more in the future, <laughs> but I'm a little hesitant to buy like a couple hundred stickers and then just have them sitting around my house. So we need to know if you want them. Yeah. <laughs> Please let us know. Um, and yeah, we are on all of the platforms that you can listen to a podcast on. Mm-hmm. We are on the Apple. We're on the, I almost said the iTunes, which is also the Apple. <laughs> um, we are on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on all the things. Um, we did mention the Discord at the top of the show. And yep. if you are over the age of 18 and want to join, um, that link is in our link tree. It is in our link tree, along with all sorts of other links. There's, you know, ways to get in touch with us. I've been cross-posting TikToks to YouTube. Oh, fun. A bunch of our stuff is on YouTube I now. I start to see Aaron's face on YouTube. Yeah. Um, that's not been as fun. We have a website. We do have a website. <laughs> it's www.thefickless.com. You can get to all of the other shit through the website. It's super fun. Yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I run that. We're doing great. <laughs> We're doing great. I've been doing a lot in the you break. You really have. I really so active. fully forgot how much I've been doing in this break, but there's been a lot. So much. Yeah. Um. And then I think, I think that's most of it, though. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, the Discord is super fun. Genuinely, if you're over 18 and want to talk about fanfic, like we're just nerds. It's so fun. Um. And that you can. Yeah, it's like age restricted or whatever. So super fun. Well. Um, (laughs) I guess that uh, brings us to the end of another thrilling show Um, I think we really set the tone for season five (laughs) Jesus Christ Uh, I think we need a snack yeah Uh, so we'll we'll take a we'll take a little break and then we'll see you uh, for the next one Mm. well we won't really see you you'll you'll hear us on on the next one in however many weeks it takes for us to get this out right well great happy pride again happy pride (laughs) love you bye bye